poop, there it is. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Well, she's dead. Yeah. You'd love it. Yes. Yes. I have 15 reasons why I can't come. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. Bowl after bowl. Bowls and buds and bowls and bowls. Oh, my God. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yeah, I knew it. Vagina. Pink girl crazy sex bee. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Oh, it's on. Can you feel it? Can you feel it on? I'm feeling on. Packing them and cracking them here in FEMA Region 7. It is 10-10-2023. October 10th, spooky season is upon us. You're listening to episode 274 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're here chilling in the bowl. What better place to be on a Tuesday night? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Right back in there for another one. Back in the bowl. Woo! Oh, yeah. Hot balls coming in. Yeah, the lanes are hot. R.I.P. them pins. R.I.P. them pins. Oh, man. Well, it's been eventful. Mm-hmm. Eventful week. Most of the events, not the ones that we planned. No. <laughs> Some schedule shifting going on. Yeah. Which, you know, is always just my favorite thing to do. Welcome to my life. It's just, you know, it's not like I have a bunch of shit to do. Yeah, I wanted one thing for my birthday. Okay, that's a lie. I wanted several things for my birthday. <laughs> but the house project I wanted to get done now is on the back burner. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, still getting things done. Well, oh, yeah. Always. Uh, I'm trying to look through my, like, where to start type thing. Because there's just so much. Uh, I guess what threw us off and we had to just shift our schedule all around for was uh, the raccoon that broke into the chicken coop mm-hmm. and made off with two of the eight birds. Yep. Yep. We lost uh, two birds this week. After yeah. How long has it been? One, uh, two years? Almost two full, yeah. Almost two full years of the our chicken experiment here in the hood. Like two years minus one winter. This would have been the second winter. And the raccoons finally got in. Um, the raccoon gang, which we had seen creeping around that night earlier, ripped the lid off of the nesting box mm-hmm. and threw it deep into the yard and then decapitated one of the chickens, made off with the other one. And the bolettes discovered this in the morning. Because they like to wake up and get the eggs, check on the chicken food and water levels, and tell me about it. They don't like to give them food or water. But they found uh, that decapitated chicken on the side of the yard, 
And so one of them came back screaming, and the other one came back looking for blood. Asina, she said, they killed my favorite chicken. Can we get a trap? Yeah, it was uh, my favorite chicken too, by the way. Yeah, lion mane. We called her lion mane. It was one of the black sex links, but she had like these kind of bronze feathers around her neck. It looked like a lion mane. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was really friendly with humans and also super fast. And that's why she was Asina's favorite, because she would let Asina chase her around the yard. And eventually, she knew when Asina was done, she'd just do that thing where they squat down and let you pick them up. Yeah. But she would zoom around the yard. Yeah, she was a crazy chicken. But mm. still a chicken, you know? So no one... Uh, oh, Rayla cried. Rayla is very sensitive. She cried. Yeah. She screamed. She was very upset about it. Asina was just ready to kill a raccoon. <laughs> See, he was just ready to get back. Yeah. Um. So we did go and get a trap from the local farm supply store. They had this, like, two-pack where it came with a smaller squirrel-sized trap. So I don't know. I don't know what I'll ever do with that, but I got <laughs> one. And uh, mar- uh, raccoons, apparently they can't resist marshmallows, and neither can Murphy. Yeah, our oldest dog. So I was actually, I figured it would be a whole, you know, struggle and would have to, like, keep a vigilant eye. Very next day, we get the raccoon in that trap. That's right. Just with a few mini marshmallows. Nothing more. Yeah. Woke up, walked out on the deck, looked down. There he is. Hi. Mm-hmm. I did just post a picture of his dumbass at Nas. Uh, which is funny because Tunta was like, uh, Tunta had caught a raccoon earlier, I believe, this year. And he was saying that like, he ruffled some feathers, like posting. I don't. I don't know what state the raccoon was in when he posted it. I posted a living raccoon that was just in a cage, in a cage, looking up, going, "Uh, hi." So I don't know what. I don't know what uh, stage of life or post life Tunta posted his raccoon in. But um, yeah, I got a couple of please, <laughs> please for the raccoon's life, uh, which is interesting. I thought it. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of people said that they, if they catch raccoons, will drive them over like railroad tracks and rivers and just like miles away and then release them somewhere. Because um, this is, I don't know, less traumatic for everyone involved. Um, I thought that was cute. I get it. Um, I remember the first time I ever caught a mouse in a trap and it really messed me up. I was like, <laughs> I was like 14 or 15. Um, that might be a good F-tie. First time I ever trapped an animal. Yeah, let me write that one down. First time I ever trapped an animal. Easy on the merchandise. Um, I actually found out and researched, uh, this and that, and I found out that in most places, if you end up trapping a raccoon, you must kill it. If you trap it, you have to kill it. You cannot release it. So, uh, learning that, I actually gained some respect for the people who release them because they're, you know, they'd be out there violating, man. Breaking the law, breaking the law. So there you go. Strong move. Those releasers, you are likely in violation, but it just depends wherever you're at. Uh, some places require you to have a permit. However, if the animal is damaging your property, including murdering your chickens, which are your property, yeah, then, you know, you have like a, defensive property thing which keeps you clear so 
all good there. They t- took the eggs too. Oh, they took they cleaned fuckers. they cleaned all the eggs out plus two chickens. Yeah, um, greedy. And then came back the next night for more, but uh, uh, they got a few marshmallows out of that deal. And uh, yeah, I had to go to work that day. I had to work <laughs> a uh, a fizzolino gig. A most interesting event. So I couldn't. By the way. I couldn't immediately dispatch them. Uh, so instead, I just posted, "Hey, you know, don't worry about the raccoon." I decided I wasn't going to kill him. We're just rolling around the hood with the windows down, bumping. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't remember subwoofers in the back or something. You know, <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, I fed so him. If anybody you know needs that as part of their illusion to make their heart uh, calm down, then yeah, just picture us. We're still me and that raccoon are still just slow rolling through the hood with the with the windows down and the system up. Um, went to a Fizzolino gig, which was pretty awesome. It's not the strangest Fizzolino gig I ever did, but it's up there. It's very close. I'd say it's probably second place. Uh, a horse retirement party mm-hmm. is what went down. There was a show horse who she was like a national champion and just uh, cleaning up all over the place in different uh, competitions across the country, but. She was coming to the point in her career where she wasn't, you know, number one, the best anymore. She's still a great horse, but she just was, like, not the best of the best just because she was aged out. I didn't really know how showing horses work at all. But uh, I just I just know what I gleaned from the speech, which was quite emotional, actually. It was, like, more emotional of a speech than most speeches I see at weddings. I Wild. Work, I work a lot of weddings. Uh, but this one was up there. And you sent me a video mm-hmm. of like the tail end of the speech and them walking the horse around the yeah. little, whatever you call the stadium corral. And I sent you a, a screen cap of Arthur thanking his horse at the end of Red Dead. Oh too. my God. <laughs> she sent me the Red Dead uh, screen cap of Arthur saying thank you to the horse, dude. Like, which I, if you know, you know. I just recovered from like. <laughs> Okay, so this horse is special. I don't know shit from fuck about horses. I've ridden about a dozen times in my whole life. I took quite naturally to horse riding. Um, It's a lot of fun. I don't know. I just, oh, it made intuitive sense to me. It's the first time I ever got on. And uh, always fine. I've always been fine at riding horses. Even people who say, well, this one's a little bit meh, you know, I'm like, it'll be all right. I'll be cool. Never had a problem with a horse. Um, now I haven't ridden any kind of like wild or absolutely nuts horses, but people are like, oh, he's a little temperamental, you know, like be careful. I'll be like, it's okay. As long as it's not a psycho horse, I'm totally fine. Um, I don't know anything about horses, but Bully Steed knew. She was right on it when I posted the post and was like, uh, oh, this is super posh. And even now in the chat, she's saying it was silky buggies, big money. And yes, the whole place was big money. Uh, there's this huge stable out in southeast Kansas. Uh, not far from where Douchebar's at, really. That's cool. So I bet he knows of the place. But there was so many horses. It's like this stable. So they had a big dirt floor arena um, with kind of a bunch of garage doors. And that's where my wine truck was posted up. And that's where the main event was held. And then you could walk like up this brick ramp into the stables... And there was like a little office there and 
the main stable to your left is where this horse who was retiring was. And I think that's kind of where they put like the, is like the most prominent stable, you know, like the, the showiest of the show horses. And then there were like three or four different halls as you kept walking. And each hall was just lined left and right with, with horse stalls all the way down. I bet they had close to a hundred horses up in there. Nice. Like, I don't know, just guessing, but they had a bunch of horses. People store their horses there from all over the country, and they just, you know, take care of them and train them. And it's a training center primarily. They do all kinds of stuff. Anyway, this old gal was, uh, they call it in full. Ah. Pregnant. 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 (laughs) She was pregnant. And uh, yeah, she's making more national champions, the next generation of them. Nice. So that was fun. That was a really good time. Great people. Didn't smell like horse poop at all. Huh? I never got a single whiff of horse shit the whole time I was there, which I was like, how do you do it? How do you do that? It all smelled like, smelled like, like fresh cedar mulch, which is probably how they do it. They probably just bring in an absolute ass load of mulch and grinded it. And I wonder if they like spruced it up extra for this event, you know? But probably. I was just like, whoa, how in the world? So, yeah. Um, I got back a little after midnight as typical. Mm-hmm. I had to leave the uh, raccoon stuff the next day. Yeah. Can we not call them coons anymore? What's the deal with that? I keep like correcting myself and saying coon, but it's a raccoon is a coon, you know? Yeah. I was reading all of these, uh, uh, kind of pelt how to, or like trapper guides and stuff. And they all like, they all say coon. Um, yeah. Like a coon skin hat. Yeah, exactly. But I know like, you know. <laughs> words people want to twist what words mean um anyway next day i i still needed a couple of things we went out to shields and most of their stuff is way overpriced but the trapping stuff was actually reasonable a nice sharp knife sharp as sharp that was just kind of specially designed for the job and a um i don't know what you call it like a tanning board or a stretching board yeah, the skin stretcher. Mm-hmm. They didn't have one of those. And then also one of the things you hang them with. Oh, yeah. See, I'm already an expert. I don't know what any of this <laughs> shit's called. I just bought it. Uh, the girl at the checkout asks me, oh, so what are you making? Because she, ha- she saw my, like, big-ass stretching board, you know, this, like, big wood thing. And she was like, ooh, arts and crafts supplies or something. I'm not sure, you know? I don't know what was going through her It's head. like, you work at Shields you should at least be somewhat familiar with some of the stuff that goes down here, right? Uh, and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to make a hat out of a raccoon. <laughs> She's like, she looks at me like, huh? I'm like, yeah, a raccoon, it killed my chickens, but I trapped him, and so now I'm going to turn him into a hat probably. And she was like, oh, I was talking about th- this. And she was like, looked sort of a weird blend of confused and horrified. Yeah. <laughs> she points to the skin stretcher, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. That's what you stretch their skin off. <laughs> you stretch their skin out and let it dry. There, that's how you finish them off. <laughs> and she didn't know what to say to that. I was like, "Come on, man. This is a hunting supply store, essentially. I mean, sporting goods and hunting supplies. It's what Shields does." So hey, I don't know. Uh, I w- even up to the last minute, I was still trying to figure out how am I gonna like uh, do this. You know, he's stuck in the cage. You had fed him. Yeah. I had a magical moment with that raccoon. <laughs> you had like a Pocahontas moment. Yeah. I brought some dog food out to him, just some kibbles or whatever. Yeah. And 
totally neutral energy approaching the raccoon in the cage. And he was giving me the cutest little eyes. And so he was awfully damn adorable. Yeah. I, I will admit he was that young. freely and openly. Not like a baby, but like a teenager raccoon, I think. I think yeah. that's right. Young adult. Anyways, I dropped like one piece in front of him. And at first he like flinched, you know, because I think he thought I was going to hurt him. And I was trying to chill him. No, I'm not hurting you. I'm bringing you food to keep you alive so that my husband can destroy you tomorrow. <laughs> but anyway, so I dropped one piece and he picked it up and ate it. And I dropped another piece. And then next thing I know, he put his little head through the top of the cage reaching up to me and just instinctively I put my hand down with a piece of kibble and handed it to him hand to hand. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yeah. was my Snow White moment. And then I just dropped the rest of them and went back in because I was like, no, don't get, don't have feelings for this raccoon. Yeah. You know what I mean? He killed your chickens. Get, or get, he's related to those who did. He's part of the gang, yeah. So fuck him. Certainly. Yeah, but it was good that I had that moment because the next day, he was an asshole. Yeah, he had grown tired of his little spot. And uh, so... We tried to give him water in the morning and he was just hissing and snarling. He was and getting shaking. real bitey at the cage and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Took care of him real quick. I was, I was like, finally decided that I was just going to take the pistol out and just put one on his head. But I just still... Like, I really... It would not matter, okay? I already know for a fact it would not matter if I shot my pistol off in my backyard. No one would give a shit. Yeah. Uh, it's not ultra rare, a gunshot around here. It's not like something people run around in circles for. Even if you call the police, they're probably not going to come out here. Um, You know, they usually ask you if you call something in like that, is anybody hit? Can you see anybody injured? And if the answer is no, they'll be like, all right, well, we'll send somebody out, and then they don't. Uh, But... It's just still, I was like, you know, I still don't want to. It's a waste of a bullet. And it's a waste of a bullet. It would and take it's your five star pelt down to a three star pelt. Yeah. And I just, for like, I just, I got to wait until you got to actually have to for the pistol. You know what I mean? It's just not a thing that you just pull out at, yeah. any, at any opportunity. And so I was like, well, you know what? The crossbow worked incredibly well with the last, with the last guy. And that's super quiet. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, let's do that again, and uh, I did it that way, and I didn't even break the arrow this time because I, I just made sure there was kind of soft ground on the other side that it would go into, and yeah, right through the neck. Uh, it was very quick, very not you know, no struggle kind of thing. It was just uh, it was the it was the right decision. It was yeah, the, it was a fast way. Got him point blank. As far as skinning, I you know I could probably talk a while about. That part, but uh, it's not really that interesting. It was a learning experience. Just a bit gruesome, but for whatever reason, I was real great, like smooth sailing until I got to the shoulders, and then something just went wrong. I botched the whole thing, shoulders down, and uh, it's yeah. not totally botched, Spence. You just what you did was you cut through the shoulders instead of somehow around them. I think so. And yeah. so then you had to pull the shoulders out after you got all the skin off. <laughs> There's a few holes in it that shouldn't have holes, and. Uh, I don't know how much of a hat he'll make, but uh, yeah, like the first one. I wish that I could have done it with somebody who's done it before who could have shown me some things, you know? Like, that's how I learn the best, especially with physical stuff, is like, 
let me do it, but let me have somebody there who's also done it, who's who can stop me before I'm about to fuck it up and go, wait, wait, wait. No, you don't want to do that. You want to go around this way, or you want to pull this way, or make sure you don't do this. Make sure you do do this. That would have been cool. But I, I don't have anybody like that around close, close. I probably could have called some people up north, but I just didn't have the time. Yeah. You know, I already had the, like, I already waited too long with having to go to work, mm-hmm. and I just had to, like, get the damn thing finished, so... I don't know. Well, and I didn't realize, and I should have, just my ignorance, you pretty much have to skin them as soon as they're dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right away. Yeah, you can't just kill it and then let it sit there and- Rigor mortis. Rigor mortis on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Among other things. Yeah, like uh, the clock starts ticking right away. You want them still warm. Yeah. You got to do it in front of the girls, though, the whole process. They stayed with you and watched the whole thing. I really was like, I don't want you out here. And they were like, we want out here. They, they were like, <laughs> they really wanted to see. They were like, you know, they were still angry at the raccoon. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make sure justice was served. And <laughs> I was like, I told them to stay in, but then I just knew there was really no way of keeping them all in. So, like, when I shot it, it was just pinned to the ground and, you know, it was just like pretty much donezo, but. It was, it was trying to get up, and it was just pinned to the ground, and so it was pretty low-key, but I was just like, all right, let's go, you know? It's rude to just watch it. Just let him die. Like, let's walk away. And so we walked away for just a couple minutes, come back, he was gone. And then, yeah, they wanted to just watch the whole thing go down, so, all right. Yeah. I think the oldest got sick at some point. <laughs> she got a little queasy, and I don't know if it was because of she... that or because of something else, like unrelated or... There was a smell, because I came out, I was bringing tools to you, flashlights and such and there was a stink that was coming upon him mm-hmm. like two hours in i just uh you know it should be quick yeah all the videos i watched were like hey, if you ever skinned a rabbit it's real easy i'm like man i never skinned shit yeah <laughs> like, what am i supposed to do uh i don't know man i i struggled mightily with it but yeah. i think it was pretty good for a first time though well that's sweet of you to say yeah and We'll just catch another one, and we can combine the pelts to make the perfect hat. Yeah. That seems like the right way. Yeah. I'm glad the girls watched, though. Yeah, it's not like you can hide it from them or whatever. You know, there's no sense in... Well, and they got to ask a lot of biology questions, too, and learn Mm. about arteries and stuff. Yeah. So that was fun. It was actually a big pain in my ass, is what it was. It wasn't really that fun. Stephen B. asked, are you going to tan the hide with the brains or acorns or something? I have no idea. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, the the things I saw just said to let it dry inside out for a day and then flip it fur side out and let it keep drying. And uh, the fur market, by the way, is shit. Mm. Like, you can just get furs at auction for nothing. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like, the highest price for raccoon pelt is like $5. Well, wow. take it to the a block fest. The one that I've got, people would probably give me like 10 cents for and then say, fuck you, you should never touch a raccoon again. If they have been around the market. But if you just need one little scrap. Anybody at a fur auction is going to know what they're doing. But I'm saying. Nobody goes there on a whim. If you don't make your hat, which you totally should, you could sell it at a Bitcoin block fest. Oh, maybe. For a couple bucks. I don't know. 6,000 sets. It was mainly a learning experience for me, that's for sure. And also, you know, a learning experience born out of pure necessity, let's say. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the raccoons have not been back. Nope. Since the incident, we're leaving the trap out with marshmallows. And each morning, since the cage is empty and the marshmallows are still there, our dog Murphy finds himself entrapped. Oh my God. I was so pissed when he did it the second time. Yeah. It's like, all right, the first time I get it, like, you don't know what you're doing. The second time, hey, asshole, told you about this the first time. Just the power of the marshmallows, I guess. <laughs> A bit ridiculous, if you ask me, but oh, whatever. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. I guess it's true, especially if he can only see out of one eye. Oh, the nose still works, though. So, yeah, a lot of my uh, scheduled items I was going to knock out got pushed to the back. But uh, I did get you your birthday present. You did. What an amazing birthday present. It's nice. It's uh, Lots of people got one, so I figured we should got one. Yeah, it's a Roadcaster. Roadcaster Pro 2. I've seen them. I've listened to people on them. And I figured it was just time. Plus, yeah. uh, you've got to have some kind of way to do the show from not right here where I'm sitting. Yeah, Homegrown gonna, Hits is going to have to be able to move around. I'm going to have like a month of evening teaches. So Yeah, right during showtime for me. So mm-hmm. This fixes it. Yes. Yeah, hopefully that'll be a fun little deal. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get it plugged in tomorrow. We'll see. A little test, a little test run. Yeah, because my birthday show is this Thursday. That's right. 7 p.m. Homegrown hits for my birthday. Birthday show, birthday suit, your dirty 30. That's right, finally. The dirty 30. Crazy. Um, So that's fun. What else? Oh, uh, our neighbor we acquired a wheelchair for. Oh, yeah. Our elderly neighbor is having a hell of a time. Can't get into the VA for an appointment, and his leg is bumming out on him. He said he was going to just show up and hoot and holler at him. But anyways, he had... Another neighbor steal a grocery cart for him, which he's been using as sort of a walker in the yard. Yeah. Um, but that's only temporary. So I asked him if there was anything we could do for him. And he said, well, I'd really, I'm looking for a wheelchair. So if you see one at a thrift store, please call me. And if it's still there by the time I get there, cool. Well, I told him, no, if I find one, I'm just going to pick it up for you and bring right. it to you. Because that's yeah. not how the thrift game works. Yeah. And lo and behold... That's not how value for value works, man. We live a different way. Exactly. We found him a wheelchair. We did. It only took, what, three, four stops? I think three. No, I think it was two. Yeah, that was only the second place. We went to one estate sale that we knew had a wheelchair, but it sold. It was gone when we got there, yeah. And then we went to a thrift place not far away from that, and they had one. Yep. And it was perfect, exactly what he was looking for, and cheaper than anything that was on Craigslist or... The fag bag marketplace. Because mm-hmm. I had all of our family members looking or asking people if anyone had one they weren't using and whatnot. So that was great. And I know he's using it because it's not parked outside where I left it for him. Yeah. So it's inside being put to use. But he's wonderful. One of the best neighbors ever. And yeah. that's such a rarity it seems like nowadays. Yeah, I agree. Most people don't even know their neighbors. Yeah, it's crazy. Let alone know they got a good one. Stephen B. asks, how much was the chair? 50, like, 50 bones. Yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah. But it collapses up, and it's got the big wheels so you can push yourself around. It's a straight-up hospital-style one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ones we saw for sale online were transport chairs where you have to have someone else pushing you. Yeah, it didn't have the big wheels that you could move yourself around in. Yeah. And he's really not... He's like anti-help. Yes. He's like, don't help me. Go away. 
Mm-hmm. So he has to be able to do stuff himself. Yes, he's very proud. Um, so that was another, you know, that didn't really move the schedule around, but it was another thing that we had to take care of. Yep. And then, um, funny enough, podcasting 2.0, the last board meeting, uh, Adam ends all mysteriously like he's going to, oh, we haven't played a song yet. We haven't played a song. And he's like, well, you know, forget it. We won't even, you know, we'll just do it next week. And then he was like, I can't even play this song because it's going to be, con- I know people are going to not like it and get, it's going to be controversial. Just gonna, I know it's going to be controversial. And then he said so much about it that he kind of backed himself into a corner where he had to play it. Yeah. Um, and it was a Bobby Shell track. And the whole thing surrounding it and the discussion and everything, like, um, well, it, it made me want to respond. So I did respond uh, in kind, uh, but uh, this, is, this is only a tease. I'll talk about it uh, in the shit thing. Cool. A little later on. Did some work. So essentially, uh, Rings of Fire were scheduled uh, that I was going to get to. Obviously, uh, the stupid website is always something I'm going to get to. But the, also the, the instructional videos, I've been uh, kind of making notes. I've got all these notes around me of what these videos are going to look like um, for publishing, self-publishing your music on a feed, just doing it yourself, uploading an RSS file to a web server, which in my opinion is still the easiest way to do it. I just did it tonight, and let me tell you, it was smooth sailing. I didn't have to troubleshoot anything. I didn't have to, like... Uh, it's, it's just, it just all worked. It just all worked flawlessly. Um, so that was nice. Also, I've got a little ditty to do for me to spot. You and I have a yep. job. You and I have a job for me to spot. So that was something we also tried to aim for this weekend. But all of those things, now this big week, your birthday week, we have time to kind of button a lot of that down. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also, once I get my life together, I'm going to, uh, talk with Vox and get her a Bulls with Buds upcoming. Yeah. Cause she has some exciting things to talk about and announce, which I'll just leave that tease out for you bowlers, but tease. Uh, that will be upcoming. Um, most likely a week from this weekend, sometime like that, at least one week away. Okay. But there, there was another potential scheduled thing but that's okay exactly yeah. see this is why i have to get my life together and look yeah. at the calendar we have to cross-reference calendars i know i know that it won't be this weekend that's all i know i know that this weekend is blocked off yep because we have a big bonfire for you and your birthday and all of that there's mm-hmm. no bowls with buds this weekend but just wanted to tease vox is in the bowl tonight she's yeah. partying you know she's feeling the vibe and uh we're gonna have her back real soon um yeah, what do you what do you say we say thank you to some people? Let's thank some people. Some I, very important bowlers out there. I think it's a great time to do so. We like to do it right up front. Uh after we figure out what it is that we did in the past week. We like to thank all of our uh bowlers out there who send in their hard-earned value to keep the show running and to balance the value uh exchange. That's right. Because it's it's in a constant state of flux. Value goes in. Value comes out, and that's what value for value is all about. We put this thing out there with no paywalls, no ads, no uh, traditional monetization. No talking points, really. Uh, And the reason we do that is to keep it free in all senses. So it's monetarily free, meaning that you could listen to this thing uh, forever and ever if you wanted to without paying anything. 
that is free in the literal sense. However, who are you? Huh? Some third class mooch? Who are you? You don't want to be some third class mooch, right? It's bad manners. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. True. So it's also free in the sense of freedom. It's free in the sense of because we don't take advertisements and because we don't uh, uh, subject ourselves to some kind of authority who can take away money from us. We don't have to say things we don't want to say, and we also don't have to uh, not say the things we do want to say. Yeah, like coonskin hat. Like coonskin hat or whatever. Whatever it happens to be at the given moment. <laughs> so um, that's really the, the model that we know, love, and believe in. We were taught it by the uh, boys over at No Agenda, obviously, and we pass that value proposition on to you. Uh, we just ask that if you get value from the bowl, send it back of us, uh, to us in some way. There's many different ways. It's not all money, but we do like to thank people for sending in money uh, because it keeps the lights on and the servers humming and all of that good stuff. And I do want to say a big thank you uh, to Face to the Screen who came in late, uh, I think it was still during the live show, but it was kind of at the end of the live show, so I didn't see it. It was past the value segment, but 3.33 from him, and we very much thank you there. Thank you, face to the screen. Uh, that PayPal situation can be found at the bottom of any page at bullafterbull.com, that uh, little yellow donate button. We also have the exciting newness of Boostagrams, which are little uh, bits of Bitcoin. We call them Satoshis. That you can stream or send uh, attached to a message. And if you do it during the live show, a, a big set of bowling pins gets knocked over by a bowling ball in real time. It's actually quite fun and quite uh, quite a treat. I like it. I like it personally. I scroll back to my delineator, who is Harv Hat. He hit us with 1420 sats. Hey, thanks, Harv Hat. On the outro. And this time he hit us twice. Now, I know that boost after boost has been printing the boosts twice in the chat. Uh, but this is different. He actually boosted twice because one has a message that says Harv Hat and the other just has no message. May I request a jingle? Yeah. The Hey Citizen, I'm going to boost some sats jingle. I'm going to boost some sats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Live value. Super awesome. Ah, oh, live value. You gotta love it. You like it, you love it. You want some more of it. So that's what Harv Hat did. Uh, he boosted twice, both from the podcast index, by the way, which uh, you can boost from, but the boys do not want that to be a destination. I just want to uh, reiterate that message. It's not a destination. Get yourself a nude podcast app. You gotta take all your clothes off. You gotta go to nudepodcastapps.com and get yourself one of these newfangled things. Throw some sats in it. If you don't know what any of this means, just come over to the IRC chat. Yeah, pound bull after bull That's on right. the zero node. IRC.zeronode.net is the um, IRC network that we're on. And the channel there is bull after bull. Hashtag bull after bull. Pound bull after bull. Waffle fry bull after bull. Whatever you want to call it. Capital three on your keyboard there. Uh, so that's hard fat. Next up from Sir Truck Driver, it's 4444. Oh, thanks, Sir Truck Driver. 4444. He was coming out of Fountain boosting that Stephen Bell Bowls with Buds that we did. Nice. Which was a fantastic time. Uh, and he said, enjoyed the Steve Bell, uh, enjoyed the Stephen Bell interview thoroughly. A lot more going on with PC 2.0 than I realized. Yes. 
Yes, definitely. We want to uh, expand this to all kinds of digital mediums. So music was like the first obvious one because that's not even that big of a jump. It's still MP3s in a enclosure on an RSS feed. In fact, Adam made it clear he still considers all of these things podcasts, including the albums, like the music albums to him are still a podcast, which makes sense. He said, you know, it's just a podcast with three, three to five minute in, uh, items instead of 30 to three hour items. Makes sense to me. Uh, but we want to expand that to audio books, uh, PDF books, uh, you know, documentaries, film, uh, anything. Anything that can be done uh, in a digital medium. Porn. Porn notes. That's on the radar. <laughs> yeah, you know we'll be testing things out uh, whenever that first app comes out. You build it and we'll come. And come again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the V for V um, adult entertainment app. Yeah, we'll help you test it, no doubt. Uh, anyway, we appreciate you, Sir Truck Driver. Lots of things going on in PC 2.0. Uh, testicle sent in 420 sets saying testing <laughs> testes. Thank you for testing that out. Looks to be working from Podverse. Thank you. Uh, 3333. Oh, this is homegrown hit stuff. I need to scroll on by this noise. You are very popular there on homegrown hits, by the way. Why, yes. Mary Kate Ultra, Daisy B. Cooper, and myself are very popular on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Y'all getting the love. <laughs> Y'all getting the love. It's um, been a lot of fun. That's right. I went to see my buddy do stand-up the last show that you did. That was kind of fun. Yeah. How was it? Great? It was, uh, you know, stand-up, open mic mm. night. A little rough. So, yeah. My buddy did well. Um, I, I commented that all the black people were hilarious that night. Nice. That They were the funniest of everyone. Some people were just like, uh, I was like, whoa. Like, there was a really fat guy, for instance, who said, like, <laughs> he basically did a more nervous, timid version of a Seinfeld of like, what's the deal with cakewalks? Like, I like cake, but I don't like to walk, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And you're just kind of like, oof, oof. Like, yeah, I see the connection there, but, you know, you gave me nothing with delivery or setup or, I don't know. It was that kind of thing. A yeah. lot of it, a lot of it. There was still some funny stuff. And the room was, is kind of quiet, and oh, three yeah, minutes yeah. feels like an eternity. It's like there are 30 <laughs> people. There are 30 people on the set list, and there are like Ooh. 27 people in the audience. You know, one of those kind of situations. I gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, not to get too distracted here. 11-11 sats next from Make Heroism. Oh, thanks, Make Heroism. Uh, his boost says, it was in early October the war broke out when... In an attempt to ease, appease the small group, gay fake splits were added to the ecosystem, further upsetting the peasants and leading to the Thunder Road Demu Revolution of 2023. <laughs> the rake they stepped on was their own. We might need you to read this twice for the people in the back, he said. <laughs> uh, so this, was, this killed me because I tooted that out <laughs> after podcasting 2.0. And... Uh, he immediately saw the toot, copied it, pasted it in Fountain, it. and boosted it. <laughs> boosted it in as a boost. Boost back. Uh, so thank you, Make Heroism. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we could uh, we could be trolls, man. Uh, fighting the good fight, however we know how to fight it, which Epic. isn't which isn't several ways, you know. Gay fake. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I've I've got a little uh, ditty about that as well. Um, next up, Trail Chicken. Ah, oh, bok bok. 3333. Thank you, Dame Trail Chicken. She says, 
Remember the first time you said demu? Pepperidge Farm remembers in the bowl. <laughs> oh, boosting us from Fountain 3333. Yes. So long ago. Yeah. You know who else I bet remembers is Abel Kirby because he's the first person I ever said it to. Oh, on Abelcraft? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are the Abelcraft days. And we were like really oh. trying hard because this is the thing. Like, uh, and it's funny, I've been through the early stages. So I totally get it. There's a bunch of people, there's like a new influx, right, of excitement around decentralized music, around mm -hmm. podcasting 2.0. And a, there's a, always a natural tendency to go music 2.0. And we thought about that and talked about that too. And I think music 2.0 just makes less sense because there's been a lot more iterations and evolutions of music, I think. Definitely. Even, even in the industrial sense over the years. If there was a music 2.0 that was digital, I think iTunes was it. Sure. Um, which, you know, you could even argue that the Maxter Napster type stuff before that was the start of that. And maybe that's all lumped into one era. But uh, for better or worse or whatever it is, like the 2.0 part has come and gone by any definition you could figure out, I think. I agree. And I just felt like it needed a new name. And even at the time, I thought, you know, Demu isn't quite it. But since you drew the emu for the deem to have a demu emu, I was like, all right, well, we got an emu, and this was before Noster popped off too, and so yeah. the Noster has their Nostrich, yeah. and I was like, these guys coming in with a with a Noster ostrich man, and I already had this demu emu, and nobody's ever gonna know that like we already had an emu walking around before this this ostrich, uh, but whatever, you know, like it's. It's like Stephen Bell said, you know, it's not about being first, but it is about being first. <laughs> <laughs> well, the flag was planted on that Abelcraft episode in time stamped and dated. Well, the, the receipts so are go. all out there, but it's yeah. such a weird niche, like little corner of the universe, too, you know? Yeah, but anyone can find it if they look. Um, also, so that that really made Demu grow more. And so that's why I appreciate you using it a lot on Homegrown Hits because, uh, well, We've used it a lot since you came up with it on Ablecraft. I just want to remind everyone, though, that if people probably don't know this. I think this was just an aside I made to um, Abel Kirby. I had suggested Digitunes. I remember. Horrible. <laughs> Demu is way better. Digitunes, digital tunes. Yeah, exactly. I, was, <laughs> I said, like, Digimon. Digitunes, digital music. <laughs> Cotton Gin is like not liking it anymore because of uh, poor uses of it, other other people using it. Yeah, but the thing um, is, you can just do it better. It's kind of like the coonskin cap thing, though. You know, like, uh, yeah, there are dorks out there misusing words or using other words. It's always going to be confusing. It's, I think you had the same thing with Homegrown Hits, mm -hmm. right? There's some other show that... There was a podcast that ended in 2015. They put like 10 episodes out and they're, they've been dead for years. And it was also called Homegrown Hits. Yeah, they're sitting on the web domain of .com. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys with my name out there. Yeah, but, <laughs> and they're but goofy. <laughs> we'll do it right. We got we to gotta lean into it, you know. I think that... I spent this. This is my thing where I'm coming from. Like I spent a lot of time thinking about it and playing with like very, very bad ideas. And then I just kept coming back to the DMU thing. And it's like, okay, as soon as the emu came in, I was like, okay, there's a brand. There's no use fighting it anymore. So this is what just, I'm going to keep calling it. That's yeah. all. And if people join in, they join in. If they don't, they don't. That's totally fine. Like I'm, I'm definitely not going to go around correcting people or like asking anybody to use that phrase. 
uh, and maybe a better one will come come uh, along. I don't think it's music 2.0. I got a lot of emails about that during the Abelcraft era. By a lot, I mean four. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, you know, I just am not feeling it for reasons I already said. So I just I like know. being a DMU DJ. It rolls off the tongue. DMU DJ is cool. The way that you've been using it has made it grow on me for sure. It just feels natural uh, hearing you say it. And so I kind of like renewed my spark on it. And then I made the DMU GitHub community thing. So, you know, maybe we'll do some things with the with the video tutorials over there. And uh, maybe it'll pop off. Maybe DMU is like a certain type of lightning music publishing where, you know, you're not custodied by anybody else. Right. It's a rock solid signal music. There you go. Um. Anyway, not to get, I keep getting distracted. I'm sorry. That's so not like me. <laughs> 40, 4269 from Harv Hat. That's our, uh, that's basically our confirmation that the live pod ping worked. He always sends it out when we go live. Uh, for some reason though, it's saying, uh, well, after both live, the wait is over. So I'm wondering if I've boosted. That's the only one that says that, though. Mm, don't know. But hey, thanks, Harvat. That is a little bit weird, but. It's a little bit funny. Whatever, man. What am I going to do? It's not what my fault do? this time. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Harvat. He's boosting out a CurioCaster, if I didn't say that. 8888 from Bully Steed out of Fountain. She yeah. says, it is on, folks. It is on. With the bowl and the pins. Appreciate hey, you. Thank you, Bowley Steed. Here is 6969 sats from Hey Citizen. Woo! And uh, he's boosting from Podverse. No note, but that one does not include this weird link to uh, The Wait Is Over. So cool. maybe thank it fixed you. itself. Who hey knows? Citizen. It just kind of <laughs> just, it just fixed itself, man. That's what happened. Uh, 10,010 sats from Mary Kate Ultra. Hey, thanks, Mary Kate Ultra. Coming out of Fountain. She says 10 star pelts for 10 star people. Aw. You sweetie. Thank you. Sir Truck Driver. He's back at it. 10,000 sats boosting out of Fountain. Thank you, Sir Truck Driver. Sir Truck Driver says, Hi, Spencer. Hi, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. I would like to introduce a new V for V music slash talk podcast hosted by myself, Sir Truck Driver. With your permission, I would like to ask your listeners to check out my podcast at www.rollingon.show. Nice. It is V4V and Podcast 2.0 compliant. It can be found by searching Rolling On Show in any Podcast 2.0 app. Keep up the great podcasting and In the Bowl. Well, In the Bowl to you, sir. Heck yeah, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. I'll have to take a peep at it. you can also find it in the radio tab on LN Beats. There you have it. Beautiful. I love all these... uh, Cool music shows popping up. Last but certainly not least, it's 2,730 sats from Memes1337. That's Memes Elite to you. Thanks, Memes Elite. And he's boosting out of Podverse saying, Elite boosting the split. Thank you, Lean Mean Bowling Machines for the Stephen B and putting me onto Lightning Thrash's Metal V for V. Hell yeah. Very nice. Yes. Another great new music show. Yeah, there's all kinds of them popping up all over the place. I love it. I love it. It's going to help. This is the vicious cycle that we were waiting for um, after putting Stay a While Out. It was like, okay, well, we're going to need an app, and then we're going to need people to make music, and we're going to need people to play the music. And it was like a chicken-egg thing, like it always is at the beginning. And now there's chickens and eggs out there, and things are starting to hatch, and things are incubating, and 
there's excitement. Yeah. Uh, so it's just slow rolling, slow building, kind of simmering up. And so I think our, our roles are, are kind of being written as this time goes on, but um, we, we've got stuff to do, which uh, if it feels slow to all you uh, folks who are just starting music shows and, and coming in here and looking around and getting a first glance at it, if it, if it seems like slow or empty or if it feels difficult, like <laughs> I remember when it was uh, far slower and, and damn near impossible and all of this stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it's far improved and it, keep, it will keep getting better. But it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's really not. I think I have more to say on that, but I want to slide into the uh, shit stain. But first, we have some things to wrap up for this segment. That's right, because there are many ways to contribute value to Bowl After Bowl. Like making jingles, such as the one you've heard by Hey Citizen, that brought us into the Boost segment. You can also make art for the episodes or the chapters that are going on now in your Fancy 2.0 enabled apps. And you can just pass the bowl to someone you think might enjoy it. That's the simplest way of all. But we also really enjoy hearing from you. So we put out a first time I ever prompt week after week, bowl after bowl. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever fell out of bed. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816... Six zero seven three six six three, and the play was real long. That's right. We'll play it without screening it first. So, whatever you say goes, and uh, you can also text eight one six six zero seven. 3663 if you're voice shy or in a dead zone. And yeah. That's right. All of the above. All of the above. It all works. And we really appreciate everybody who chips value back into this thing, keeps us rolling, running, and uh, it just kind of is a way for us to see, you know, the value that we put in. It's working. And that's what we try to do every week. Try to put some more value in there. Uh, this is usually where we roll into another segment. I like to call it... Opting! Opting! Ah, yeah, the infamous on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain. Uh, I feel like every once in a while it's worth re-explaining the genesis of this segment, which is just, you know, when we started running lightning nodes for ourselves, we decided that it would be beneficial to at least talk about what we were doing and talk about what that looks like and channel management and balancing our channels and, uh, you know, making on-chain payments, off-chain payments, all of these things that go along with running a lightning node. And we realized that, you know, to the average bowler, that might just sound like a bunch of gobbledygook. It might sound like a total non sequitur. It might sound like some on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain. Uh, and I made some kind of goofy toot uh, to that kind of effect, and then it just stuck. And it became a recurring segment. So on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stains. A little bit of Bitcoin news. It's a little bit of what we are doing in the node running world. And it's a little bit of what's going on in podcasting 2.0. And the wait is over for all of my teases tonight. Uh, because I guess I will just lay all of this on you. Lay it on me, man. 
it all started once upon a time, right? When um, these guys made an app called Wave Lake. And uh, just this past week, they've announced new splits in Wave Lake, a new split feature, right? Which uh, they said it was coming for a while. A couple of weeks, we've known that it was coming down the pipe. They told us that we were, uh, they were adding splits, artist splits. And even according to their blog, they're thrilled to announce the introduction of an exciting new feature because uh, it is new in the Wave Lake world <laughs> uh, in the latest update of Studio called Artist Splits is what they're calling it. Artist Splits with capital A and a capital S. This highly anticipated feature, uh, I feel bad because it was highly anticipated by a lot of people, but they were anticipating something else. And uh, they talked about this a little bit on the last podcasting 2.0 as well. You know, splits are in the in the spec. Yeah. They've been here this whole time. When we put out Abel and the Wolf... And on Christmas Eve 2021, by the way, coming up on two years, we put out an album where we sat down and we did the whole negotiation, recording process, and publishing process with exclusively the podcasting 2.0 slash DMU uh, distribution method in mind. Okay, We were the first ones to sit down and say, all right, from the very beginning of the negotiation stages from the very beginning of putting a band together, we're going to do this and we're going to exclusively, this is the only place that people can get it is on pod, on this, on this decentralized platform streaming sets. We're, we're going to do this demiot baby. We didn't call it that. I called it that, you know, that, that part is up for whatever. That's not the important part. The important part is we were able to negotiate with our artists uh, who made album art for every single track and we were able to cut them in for a 10% split on everything that gets boosted to the song they worked on. Uh, Abel and I were able to split uh, half and half everything for our music. Uh, and so some of the artists did not have a Lightning wallet and were not interested in acquiring one. And so Abel took care of that. He just paid them a one-time payment. That wasn't Lightning. And for those songs, we just had a 50-50 split, and there was no artist split. But for the artists who had a lightning wallet, Lorian, you were uh, one of those artists. Yes, I was. Booberry was one of those artists, Carolyn Blaney. Uh, for those that had, uh, and again, I'm going to get in trouble for listing, so I'm sorry. Uh, if you had a split, then uh, you know you got 10% right there in the track for your song. Cotton Gin, that was another one. Now I'm all nervous because I started listing. <laughs> uh, anyway... The important part is we had it from the beginning. Splits right there in the feed. The nice thing is it's transparent and it gives the artists direct negotiating power so they can decide who gets what as long as they control the split. Whoever writes the feed gets to, you know, write the split. But then anybody who's involved, and I'm talking not just all the other artists who get a split, I'm talking about the people who listen to the album. I'm talking about the people who might not even like the album, who don't listen to it, but they can still go. Anybody on earth with an internet connection can look up the feed, pull up the value tag, and see where the money goes. See who is, you know, where the, where the value is being split up. That's right. It's called transparency. And so if somebody tries to rug you, it's right there in the split. You can't get away with that because you look up the feed and you say, hey, wait a minute. Where did my split go? You took it out, asshole. It's all right there in, in, in black and white, in code. And so we had that. We had 
lyrics from the very beginning. Lyric files in an SRT file. It's like captions. It's the same thing as the pod. It's the podcast transcript tag, but just repurposed for lyrics instead of uh, a transcript of a podcast. Exact same technology. Exact same tag. Um, these things, these features we had from the very beginning to just demonstrate like the podcast index rolled out. The use case is already there for podcasts. This can also already be used for music. All you gotta do is publish an RSS feed and link the relevant files at bare minimum, just MP3 files. It's nice to have album art. You could have just one album art for the whole album. You don't have to do a different art for every track, but it's fun too. It's fun too. I think it makes it more interesting looking. You don't have to have lyrics in there, but it's more, it's an extra feature. It's more interesting. You can look up the lyrics. So when Wavelight came along and we, and they first came on our radar, they were just a kind of jukebox thing. And the way it worked was what I called socialized micro paywalls. The way it worked was you could upload your song and then it had X amount of free plays, let's say 500 plays by default, right? So anybody in the world could play the song and it had this X, X, many, song, uh, X many plays left in the jukebox. And then you could send uh, sats to that song to give everybody in the world more plays of it. So instead of a boost, you're just basically refilling the allowable plays for everybody, and then people can come along and play the song again and again until it goes, I guess, to zero and you can't play it anymore, right? I guess. So we talked about this on Ablecraft, and I said, you know, it's a cool concept, and we had talked about how maybe a jukebox situation would work, but I said that really the problem here is like it's paywalls, it's micro paywalls, and it's socialized. So there's really no big time incentive for anybody to pile on and give a bunch of plays. Really the only incentive is for the artists themselves to boost their own song so that everybody else can play it more. Yeah. Like that's just nah, never going to work. And of course it, not, it, did, it never really got a lot of traction. They switched to RSS as their back end for the distribution side in an incredibly limited way. Um, you know, after discovering, I don't know, podcasting 2.0 and the whole thing. And so it was kind of like this little baby step in the right direction. And we all kind of had, were excited and had big hopes for Wave Lake. And Adam Curry led the charge on having big hopes for that, right? And he was out in front saying, hey, uh, I'm going to start, you know, onboarding people on here because it's a little bit easier. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, as far as easy goes, it's very easy to be somebody else's customer. Uh, and, and the easiness factor is definitely in play. I have no argument uh, there at all. Uh, the problem is with an RSS feed over at Wavelake, the value tag goes 100% to Wavelake. And then they have internal wallets and a little black, bo black box walled garden where they split it up and they let you pull 90% of that out yourself. Uh, they could have made splits so that 10% went to Wavelake and 90% went to an artist and you just give them whatever wallet you want to use. They could have done it that way. It would have been simple and easy to do but they chose not to do that. And everyone's like, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. They just switched over to RSS. It's all new. It's a slow roll. Everything's just, you know, happening a little bit at a time. And I said, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I really wanted two things from the very beginning when I first heard about it. And this was like probably early, early this year when they started to switch over to RSS. Uh, the first was I'd love to be able to display my lyrics because on my feed... I have lyrics 
And the second is, I'd like you to pull my feed in and play it too with the other music. Now, my feed isn't hosted on your servers. My MP3s are not hosted on your servers. Uh, and I'm not giving you a 10% split on my feed, but that's okay. You can import my stuff along with it because you can charge people a fee to boost me from your app anyway. Right. And that's how most apps work, right? You know, they have like a maybe a one split to themselves. They give a one split to the podcast index for uh, the use of the API there. Um, and that's kind of how this ecosystem was built open, right? The open source um, the players here, all of the nude podcast apps that you see. So from the jump, I was like, you know, I'd really like lyrics. I'd also really like you guys to just surface feeds that are self-hosted. And, uh, you know, I just got the run around blown off. Oh, you got to wait. Uh, it was suggested to me, Oh, why don't you just throw your music on there? Like everybody else is, you know, like everybody else who's self-hosted has to double list and go on wave Lake too. Uh, and the problem with me directly was I can't honor the agreements in place. Exactly. I can't programmatically honor the agreements in place. First of all, nobody agreed to 10% for Wavelake for essentially hosting, right? So we, we have the hosting part taken care of. So you can't do 10% of work for us because we already have that part. Secondly, you have less features anyway. We already have implemented more features than you even offer. So no, that's just right out the window. And But more importantly, I can't give half to Able and take half myself automatically as soon as it comes in through their system. Can't still even. So Wavelake Artist Splits, newly rolled out, highly anticipated feature, empowers artists by giving them the ability to, get this, include up to four Wavelake users in the payment split for their tracks. <laughs> Gotta be a Wavelake user. Gotta be a Wavelake user. Can only have four splits. Yeah, there's way more splits than four on Abel and the Wolf. There's four artists you mentioned earlier, so plus so, you and uh, Abel Kirby, that's six. There's uh, there's a lot wrong with it, okay? There's a lot wrong with it. The, the thing that really made me bummed the most was that people thought it was going to be splits in the feed. You know, people thought they were going to be actually able to do splits in a free way instead of this black box. But, like, right when they first teased the whole splits are coming i was like yeah how much you want to bet it's going to still be in their black box and the rss feed's still going to say 100 to wave lake mm -hmm. and people just like i don't know i i know i give off the impression that i'm like a little cantankerous asshole about it but i've i've just been i've been watching it since the very start okay like i'm in a unique position here with a little bit of authority on the matter you're just right? sharing your knowledge and i it's not it's not that I'm trying to hate. I've been very careful this whole time to say, like, I don't think Wavelake's going to operate the same way. They even say that they're not going to operate the same way in the coming weeks. We plan to introduce more split integrations to further enhance the functionality, they say, in this blog. In the coming weeks, you know, who knows? Six weeks, trust the plan. Uh, <laughs> but the problem here is... They could have done it right, you know, and, and Dave made a point that these guys are very meticulous at getting it right before they uh, roll something out. Well, if that's true, they would never have done what they did over this past weekend. If that's why, you know, they never would have done it. If they really, really wanted to get it right, truly, then they wouldn't have done this half-ass bullshit in the first place. I just don't believe it. I don't buy that. It's not hard to just use the open spec that's already there. So exactly. anyway, uh, the disappointment was certainly expressed, although we always have to be 
uh, kid gloves and all this stuff. And like, oh, what, you know, wave like, we still want you to succeed and we want you to be good boys. Uh, and like, for me, I'm past that point. I'm to the point of like, all right, like, I'm from the show me state, okay? So once I, once you show me that you're willing to build open or, you know, in good faith, then maybe I'm back into giving some benefits and of some doubts. But like, after this split thing happened, benefit of the doubt is no longer there. It's gone. Sorry. It just is. It's gone. I've, I've been over this too many times. And, you know, maybe I'm just one guy shouting at the sky. I'm fine with being one guy shouting at the sky. Done it several times. It's okay. Um, but then it just was an extra tickle at the end of the show because Adam was like, you know, we shouldn't even play this song. It's going to rile people up in the boardroom. It's just going to... Uh, and it was it was Bobby Shell, uh, in a song mostly about uh, how cool it is to have a trad wife and eat beefsteak all day, which I have no argument there. Uh, but then at the end of the song, he bragged about how he's getting ninety nine percent from Wave Lake, <laughs> which really? is is fascinating to me. I opined in the two like you know is is Bobby Shell literally the only guy in, on earth getting his ninety nine percent from Wave Lake, or does he have a special deal worked out, or? Or is he one of those guys that thinks math is racist? Like, I just am not seeing the disconnect is there, you know? Like, so I, I just, I don't have a lot of other avenues, but I can rap a bit. And so I figured what better way than to just come with a response rap. And I'll just put a response rap out there. And, uh, you know, I feel like there's some prior art blessing out there because when I first brought up to podcasting 2.0, the whole closed walled garden Wave Lake has over there, you know. Dave sympathized with me and he said, keep up the pressure, is what he told me. He said, you know what, keep up the pressure. You're not wrong. Keep up the pressure. So I took that to heart. And Adam said, you know, this is going to rock the boat. He knew he was going to rock the boat. He didn't even want to play the song, but he played the song. And so I'm ready. I'm ready to play uh, the response. The wait is over. And I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it's all in good fun. It's not meant to be um, mean-spirited. This is out of love. If I, if I didn't love this space, if I didn't love this work, and all the people involved, including Wave Lake, goddammit, I still love you fuckers. I just, like, I, if I didn't love you, I would not say anything. I would have given up. I would have said, you know, it wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't feel what I feel in my heart and my stomach when this comes up, like I wouldn't have any feelings about it if I didn't love it and love you guys and want you to see the light, want you to come to the open protocols. So without further ado, the wait really is over. The wolf is off his leash. 
Just because my love is tough, it gets confused for hate. The wolf has got an empty stomach, too much on his plate. I've been here since the genesis, y'all fools arriving late. I beg for open protocols, y'all say I need to wait. They got the gall to throw some bait, but when I reciprocate, they lack the balls to come debate. Now I'm supposed to wait. I pioneered this music space with Abel Kirby, following the vision given by Dave Jones and Adam Curry. With rock solid signal, hand hacked in VS Code, rented a web server and built our own nodes. We paved the road just so y'all could have an easier time. Making sure your music was decentralized. I called it Demu, Lori, and drew that emu. And from that moment, we knew there would be few in a small crew that would stay true and create new clever ways to entertain you. Maybe save you from the fake fools who can't wait to come enslave you. To all those who laced up boots and followed suit, who see through VC schemes that grow in deep roots. Claiming beef of me with a fully sovereign attitude, while stacking hidden fees on all their hidden feed food. But all those fees wouldn't be perceived rude if they include all of the feeds who hosted free too, cause that's key to our mission to decentralize the music industry. Trying to melodize the whole community Just because my love is tough, it gets confused for hate The wolf has got an empty stomach, too much on his plate I've been here since the genesis, y'all fools arriving late I beg for open protocols, y'all tell me just to wait Just because my love is tough, it gets confused for hate The wolf has got an empty stomach, too much on his plate I've been here since the genesis, y'all fools arriving late I beg for open protocols, they said I need to wait I recognize the great shouts out to the pod father Who I watch go from stoner crack pot to god potter Farmers role models go, I couldn't think of one otter to calm the wolf down, I told him not to bother, I got bothered, when he spun that Bobby Shield track, talking about he getting 99 from Wave Wake back, is he getting special deals, he using racist math, claiming he all based in sovereign tithe and Wave Wake hats, bro that's not just one they take, go on and read it again, thought you were making 99, but then they stuck you for 10, what's the wolf supposed to do, when they come for his pack, y'all pointed average sheep like I'm supposed to have they back, I help those that God helps who help they self, if you sovereign with your mouth, then best get sovereign with your wealth, it ain't deep, to leave Wave Lake and build a node, you're running things at voltage, oh, that's what I was told So how you get in custody, like custody's paying extra fees So many trees, you're killing me If you're so based, you better be like Boobery and Rat Willie and Raffle and Nakey B We all can see you willingly avoiding our self-sovereignty Just because my love is tough, it gets confused for hate The wolf has got an empty stomach, too much on his plate I've been here since the genesis, y'all fools arriving late I beg for open protocol, they told me I should wait The wait is over no wait, Lake. Real splits. Real sovereignty. B for V. Knock that water down. And I'm just playing Bobby Shell. You know I love you. There you go. So uh, the wolf is officially putting you on notice. That's all. That's all I can do, really. Like I, I'm very limited in my <laughs> reach here and my options. But I felt like doing nothing or, you know, just uh, I've only got so many cheeks I can turn. Right. So I've done the whole give them the benefit of the doubt thing. Like I've been down that road, you know, and some people are just getting there and need some benefit of the doubt. Like Dave said, you know, if two years down the road, it's still all a black box, then I was wrong. And I don't know about two years, two years in this space is a long ass time, my man. So like, who knows? Who knows? I, I also don't think it'll be like this way forever, but it'll be because they've got no choice. And as soon as artists figure out how it works and that they can actually have freedom and they can actually have control over what they do. I mean, I put this thing out. I got the bug up my ass Friday night when I heard him do this stuff. I wrote it on Saturday and, uh, or actually I wrote it on Friday night and recorded it on Friday night because I could not sleep. That's how, uh, my soul was just lighted, lit on fire. 
and I got it down. Uh, I tapped Make Heroism to uh, be the audio engineer, so I sent him what he needed sent. So thank you, Make Heroism. Yeah, thanks, Makey. For a lot of the uh, effects there. And then uh, to just today, I put the last pieces of the puzzle in, and uh, Make Heroism sent me the final. And I put the feed together, and I made art for it, and I gave uh, Makey 10% on it, and I threw 5% over to Podcast Index, because I'm really grateful for those guys for putting together the back end for us to be able to do this. Like, they made it permissionless. They made it so that you don't have to get anybody's raw deal if you don't want. Like, that's the whole thing. You are already free. The wait really is over. That's the whole message here. Like... And the problem is, like, people need to put their walk where their talk is. You know, if you're uh, all big Mr. Decentralized and Mr. No Custodians, like, then Wavelake is probably not the thing to be pushing yet. It may one day be that, but right as, as of right now, no. So you can find that on ellenbeats.com. The wait is over. Uh, and also, yeah, 1% for the boost spot for functionality to uh, get the boosts posted out there. And I hope that uh, some people pick it up on the DJ shows. I really hope that it would be very cool for it to be played in the boardroom because it's like a direct response. I mean, it's very relevant. But I, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to hold my breath. But uh, here's to hoping. The wait is over. Um, and, of course, it's all love. It's going to ruffle feathers. I don't care about that. You know that uh, I have my fun poking the bear. But it's all love, man. I, I want to move this thing forward in a good way. And I want artists to actually get their negotiating power. It's the number one most important thing. If if that doesn't happen, everything else is a deal breaker. Just a deal breaker, that's all. Yeah. The new middleman is not better than the old middleman. Right. No middleman is what we're going for. And no middleman is what, you know, even if you read their blog, that's what they like too. But, you know, that's not what they are. So here we go. Actions speak louder than words. Done waiting, done playing. We did get some uh, furious boosts throughout that, including... Uh, 3333 from Harv Hat. Thanks, Harv Hat. Uh, which came through boost after boost four times and came into the helipad twice. He says he only sent it once, but I don't know. I'd have to look at the receipts. I don't know. Check your wallet. Do do the uh, math. I'm not sure. Uh, 88, 88 plus 8. <laughs> God damn it. 888 sats from Circus Media. Thanks, Circus Media. Three eights is great. From Fountain. Badass beats, he says. Thank you, sir. Uh, and then 11,000... 111 from Sir TJ the Wrathful, five Richards in a satchel from Podcast Guru. He said, I just tuned in right before the Wolf Rap, and hell yeah, love it, bro. Great job. Thank you. Nice. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, TJ. Uh, by the way, TJ, I still haven't found the notebook, so I think that I'm just going to rewrite it. I really don't want to because <laughs> I got it fucking perfect, but I probably didn't get it perfect either because part of the thing is I'll, I'll just get in the, I'll get it all written, right? Like I've got my ideas, and then I'm choosing the structures and the words. But then when you go to wrap it, it might not be exactly fitting like the way you thought. And you'd have, like, I had to change it as I was just rapping it over the beat a few times on this song. Uh, I also do want to say one thing so that it's just enshrined in history before we move on, is I got myself in a list trouble again for this one particular song because I, I listed off some people who you should be like. Uh, and really the choices were just because your names worked and rhymed really well in there. And, uh, if, if, um, 
if I could have jammed two extra names in there, it would have been White Triangles and Fletcher and Blaney uh, for their stuff. And it's just kind of like, you know, you have one line to get it all in. Yeah. And it's tough. I like, I, I haven't really flexed nuts in a real way yet. Like I've, I've made messages in telegram and shit like that, that no one sees or cares about, you know, but I haven't really put out there enshrined somewhere, like a part of this history and a part of like what it means to me personally. And so like, I just hope no, like nobody feels bad or like left out again because of the list thing. Like I always get myself in trouble with lists. Why am I not on your list? Um, so I like, I love everybody. Love everybody out there. Yeah. And to wave like, do better. Do better. That's all. This is a challenge. It's just a challenge. I know that better stuff is coming. It's on your roadmap. And hey, man, I, <laughs> you're not going to get any uh, confusion from me about the uh, upcoming roadmap to-do list. I mean, I'm, I'm the worst possible person on earth about it. So I totally get that part. And to artists... Makes you really want to build a node, makes doesn't you really, it? Makes you really want to build a node, man. That's what I'm hoping. In fact, I'm fixing a node where my sat's coming to get my treasure traveling where it will go. Ah, uh, yeah. Fixing a node. So I told you I got these... Uh, Optiplexes, these Dell Optiplex tiny computers. Yep. Um, the latest on that is the people who have upgraded from a Pi before say that what they did was built a just built a fresh node on bare metal and let the blockchain sync to it, and then they transferred over the Lightning database once the uh, once the node was all fresh and synced. So that's what I'm gonna try to do. That way, I don't have downtime. I think that's a great way to do it. And I'll just try it with my node first, because my node is the experimental, you know, if we break one, let's break that one. Uh, and we'll go from there. There's also a flood of interest in trying to take more control from people. Um, and I'm seeing this a lot. And it's it's all baby steps and, and tiptoes in the water. So uh, this is why I'm feeling immense pressure to get this video series out, because I think that I can clear some clouds off of that. and. Uh, it's tough because people ask me a lot of questions about these other tools on top of the protocols and how to use them. And like, since I'm in there just writing straight to the protocols, it's tough for me to know because like, you know, if, if you're on a BTC pay server and you're using this pod server plugin, which we talked about when it first came out on a cocaine shit stain, I didn't actually get in there and play with it firsthand. Um, I looked around at the interface, but I didn't upload any files to it or see how it worked or see how value tags are made. So um, that's a tool that's out there that I can't help troubleshoot. People have questions about. Another thing is um, the the um, music side project and, and Sovereign Feeds that Stephen Bell has made. Uh, a lot of people are onboarding on that, which is killer. But then sometimes I'll have a question, they come to me at it. And I'm like, uh, I know what's wrong in the feed. I can show you what's wrong in the feed here. But then how does that translate to what you need to do in response? I'm not 100% sure. Um, my advice still is just like, I think that anybody who gives advice is just really telling them, telling you what they would do themselves or like giving advice to their younger self, you know? Like yeah. if, if I had to go back and do it again, I would do it this way. And that's all I can know is my experience. And so my advice still is to 
have a node for everybody who's a value recipient. If you're going to receive value, just have a node. And then you can be in a band and you can have a podcast and you can be a guest on other podcasts and you can do whatever the hell you want because you can just have your node in any value tag for any number. And it's all yours and it's on a computer in your house. Boom. Bam. Sounds so much like over your head. It sounds crazy. It sounds like, well, that's way too much. You're nuts. I've been telling people to do this for two years now. They tell you, Spencer, you're crazy. I can't do that. I can't. I promise that you can, but it doesn't seem like you can because you don't know what you don't know until you get in there and drive around like you don't know. It seems scary. Like it's impossible to imagine something you've never done. So I get it. I totally get it. But that, in my experience, is just a little bit easier to troubleshoot and figure out because it's going to go wrong no matter where you go. I've seen the messages in Wavelake of people having trouble. Why does my shit look like this when it's supposed to look like that? You know, and I don't know. If people ask me a question about how Wavelake works, I don't know because I don't use it. I have no idea. I only know what the feeds look like and I can tell you how it works based upon that somewhat. But I don't know. What I do know is if you know how to make an RSS feed and you know how to host files on the internet that anybody can get, then you can make anything. You can make any digital art value enabled. And if you build your own node, you don't have to worry about whatever someone else is going to do with it. It's also a little bit easier because of the technical specs of the, of the index. So, for instance, if I'm on Albi or if I'm on Fountain, uh, that makes it easier and a little less friction. But they all go to one node. And so you've got to figure out, in addition to your public key in the uh, value recipient tag... It's, they call it the address. So that address is points to a public key of a lightning node. You have to know your address, but then if, if you're Fountain or Alba, you've got to also add a custom key and a custom value. The custom key is the same for everybody who uses that particular service. So if you're on Alba, your custom key is 696969. That's how they did it. Um, which is to spec, by the way. But if you're an individual in there, your va your custom value will be different. And that custom value tells Albi which wallet they should put that boost of sats in. So that's how they differentiate when the boosts come in. If you're just on your own node, you don't need those two extra things. I had another use case come up to me. Uh, and this person has a voltage node, and then they made like separate wallets with separate working lightning addresses in them mm. on the same node. But then they just tried to plug in a lightning address into the address field in a value tag. And you can't just put Sir Spencer at getalby.com or Sir Spencer at fountain.fm or at voltage.io. You can't put one of those in an address field in a podcast recipient. It's looking for the public key of a node because it needs to make a key send payment. So it's just a technical part of the spec of what's going on. But it's tough. It's tough to help people troubleshoot because I don't know how to get a custom key and a custom value off of a voltage node. I don't even know if they support it. I have no idea. Voltage node, like the rent-a-node. The rent-a-node, yeah. I mean, that's what we started on, too. Yeah. When this thing first started up, I said, I'm going to learn it, and I'm going to learn it on voltage, because I know if I pay voltage for a node, I can spin one up tonight and get going tonight. And that's what I did. And so I, I bought a full year knowing that I was in it for the long term. I had skin in the game. I'm going to learn this shit. I have no idea what I'm doing. I had no idea what I was doing. Zero. Zero. I had to message Dave Jones saying, hey, what the hell is a channel? How do I open a channel? You want? Can I open a channel to you? Like, nothing. I knew nothing. I've learned everything just by doing it. And um, yeah, eventually I knew that I would build my own node. It just took me a while to figure it out. So I figured I'd give myself a year 
And within, I don't know, eight months, I had the node up. Yep. And we still kept that uh, voltage node for the full year and let it run out for our original thing. And I'm very grateful to Voltage because they do make it simple and fast. And you don't have to worry about plugging the computer in and everything. Like, it's just always up. They keep it running on their equipment. But man, that's still my that's still my advice. You're gonna want to build a node eventually on the long term plan because you, if you're an artist, you're gonna be an artist for the rest of your life, man. If you're a musician, you're gonna be a musician for the rest of your life. If you made an album in the '90s, that album you made in the '90s was made in the '90s, and now it exists forever. So yeah. if you wanna if you wanna receive boosts to it forever, get yourself a node running in your own house and just keep it running. Once you set it up, it's done. Now, I'm not saying that you'll never have to touch it ever again, but I'm saying that's how it works the best, right? With like things like Umbral. Yeah, I only have to update it. The less you mess with it, the, the better experience you have. Now, there's some things about getting channels open and all that, but we will help you through that. Technically, you only need people to open channels to you. If all you're doing is receiving on that thing, then I can just open channels to you and you don't even have to worry about that part. You just need inbound liquidity. Simple as. So just... Take some cocaine shit stain, my friends, and uh, come on into this beautiful journey together. Seems scary until you jump in the pool and realize it's only like two feet deep. You just stand up and you're like, oh shit, I don't even know how to swim, but this is cool. It's all right. It's okay. And all my friends are here. That's right. Thank you uh, for indulging me. I know that's a little bit of a long one, but. Uh, oh, it's all good. It's a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Solid content. I'm actually pitching my. Uh, Bitcoin headlines into the trash can for next week. Okay. Uh, but I did want to say one last thing. Casey Bitcoiners Coffee this Friday in the morning. Ooh. Thou Mayest River Quay right there on the River uh, Market District. I want to go. 7 a.m. Uh. <laughs> I want to go, but I know the kids will not be uh. into that wake-up call. 7 a.m., get at me. We're getting up for what? To watch you drink coffee and talk about Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, it's the funnest Listen to me talk about Bitcoin again. Maybe I'll, <laughs> Someday the kids will appreciate it. Maybe I'll have a fresh hip-hop track to drop to the boys. Hey. <laughs> uh, I'm really interested at this point in a little bit of a... Top 333. All right. All right. Well, I think that the magic number stories were kind of covered up this week. Oh? You know, it's been a... Huge narrative week. Big things happening in the world. Something. So you might not take have, place. Well, there's a lot of things taking place every day. <laughs> um, but when everyone's talking about one thing, yeah, something's taking place. Something's mm -hmm. going down. But something that went down that you might not have heard of was that there were 33 people aboard a schooner, and there was a fatal accident. Oh, no. On that schooner in Rockland, Maine, just one mile off the coast. So what happened was the mast broke. Oh, geez. I'm not a boat person. I don't know how that happens. If it was just like the wind or termites, I don't know. But the mast broke, fell onto the deck, hurt a lot of people. Um, and as I said, there was one fatality. Um, head injuries, back injuries, a mast is not something that you want falling on you, that's for sure. And so one woman died, three others were taken to the hospital. But remember, there were 29 other people on that schooner that were okay. And they yeah. got help uh, thanks to the Coast Guard, of course. So, F in the chat for 
for that lady. Absolutely. Having a mast fall on her head. That's not a good day. No, not a, not even a little bit. Nope. Then in Sikkim, India, there was a bunch of flash floods, which affected 60,000 people. And so far, 33 bodies have been recovered. Now, that's only so far. But that's the first update that that's, they gave. Yeah, that's when you put the story out, when you hit the 33. That's right. That's like, when it makes... Oh, take it to press. International news. They're still counting the bodies, but like, let's report on this part of the count here. Yeah, exactly. And my final story for the top 333 tonight sort of goes along with the public narrative everyone's talking about shitting over. Mm. 33 people from two Kenosha Catholic parishes who were on a pilgrimage to Israel have made it out safely. Oh. This is good news. Yeah. That's as close to that topic as I'm going to get. So let's wander behind the curtain. In totally pointless news tonight, President Biden proclaimed October as National Youth Substance Use Prevention Month. Absolutely prevented, I hope. Yeah, one can only hope. Just God, for this month. God forbid kids experiment with plants. Once the uh, first of November rolls around, we just let the kids do drugs again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for this one month only. This one month, we are going to prevent the fuck out of it, though, let me tell you. Take your kitty's crack pipe away. Yeah, I don't know. I think that they did this last October, too. It's funny because, you know, they're talking about illicit nar narcotics as the substances, but October is Halloween month when the kids are getting into way too much candy, which can have detrimental effects on them. I'm talking tummy aches. I'm talking cavities. Yeah, the, sh the shakes and the moans, all of it, yeah. Yeah. So Give yeah. you the skitters. At least he didn't proclaim a bunch of money moving here and there to alphabet soup organizations. Yeah. So small favors. Yeah, seriously. In Arkansas, the state has decided that medical weed patients may obtain concealed carry permits. And with that, they can go around getting a federal background check, which means the medical patients in Arkansas can legally purchase firearms as long as they go through with getting a concealed carry permit. Mm, okay. It's kind of strange, but you know who's pissed off about it? The ATF. Oh, And so the yeah. ATF sent a letter to Arkansas, uh, specifically the operations director at their Division of Crime Information. And this letter details public safety concerns uh, because Arkansas is creating an unacceptable risk by placing firearms in the hands of prohibited persons. Oh, we're the ATF, and if you make it any more dangerous in Arkansas, we're going to come down and shoot every dog in the state. <laughs> Pretty much. Horrible. Also, yeah, a person that smokes pot, that's a real dangerous person, I tell no, you what. Yeah, I mean, talk about a whack job. Yeah, jokes on jokes. SSRIs, though, no worries, no problems. <laughs> yeah. Don't even ask about it, man. Who cares? It still ticks me off, because you got to get a script for your SSRIs, you got to get a script for your medical pot. So why is it treated so different? Oh, yeah. Because it's on the Schedule 1 Controlled Substances Act. Bingo. Federally illegal. Yep. And 48 state almost legal. Frustrating. You got to love it. But, you know, I'm sure that when you get a concealed carry permit, you go into a state database. 
So how much is it going to take for the feds to just, you know, information request that database and get it? I, it's still risky. Mm. I don't like it. I wouldn't want to have to go through this loophole, which still seems like a trap. It's it's why they let it go through that way, you know? They're like, okay, well, if you really want to, you got to just tell us who you are. Yeah, and you already told them who you are by getting a medical license, so, you know. Yeah, there's layers to that. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to get you. Are you paranoid? Not necessarily. They are coming after you, probably. Well, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, the Arizona Center for Investigative Reporting did some good work this week. They decided to check in on all the social equity lottery winners. Guess how many still have ownership stake in their licenses? How many? Four out of 26. Oh, man. Yeah. and uh, Just hanging on. Only one of them has full stake in the license. Only one. Wow. More than half of the licenses were sold outright to existing corporate dispensaries. We're talking big fish names you would recognize. Sure. And then 10 of the licenses are being held by private investors. So, yeah, only one is actually in the hands of a social equity recipient. So you're telling me that all of the social equity programs were just used to straw buy more licenses for the big boys. Shocking, right? It's like... If only somebody could have seen that coming and called it, like on a podcast or something. (laughs) Hmm, Or something. Yeah. Now, I applaud these journalists over there at the Arizona Center for Investigative Reporting because they got in touch with all of the social equity applicants to hear their side of the story on what happened. And it's just gross. One of the ladies talked about, you know, she signed the operating agreement, and then a guy came in with a duffel bag that had $35,000 in cash and was like, all right, so you're going to sign this paper now that hands it over to us. Mm. And you're going to take this $35,000 and be happy. And she said, no, I'm not. So they ended up going to court and that big company and their attorney representing him that offered her the cash, well, they got a hold of the license through the court and then she got nothing. So yeah, he was right. She should have taken the 35 grand in cash, but that's fucked up. Yeah, that's bullshit. It's evil shit, man. And um, one of them, this woman, it all goes wrong when you sign these operating agreements, it seems like, and not don't have an attorney by your side when you sign anything. Uh, so one thought that she was going into a contract with a dispensary owner and then found a total stranger as her partner. Uh-huh. Has no idea who it is. Could be some black market player, you know? Never know. Real creepy. One of them, the operating agreement, put the business in $3 million in debt before opening and said, yeah, you're on the hook for 50% of this. So I suggest you take this $1,000 in cash and an eighth of weed and go on your merry way. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. And they said, oh, if you send us members or, you know, get medical patients to walk in here, we'll give you $1,000 for each person. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a great deal. Thanks for the dank weed. Oh, my God. And then talking it to was the that easy? investigative reporters like, yeah, I really got fucked. Oh, no shit. One grand in an eighth? An eighth of weed? Uh, yeah. Dude. I can get through that eighth pretty quick. I can tell you that right now. Dude, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> then there was two friends that got a business together. 
And they started arguing like, oh, man, this is going to cost us so much money to run the business. So one suggested they sell it. The other said, no, I don't want to sell it. We just got the license. We're lucky to get this license. This is a huge opportunity. But some big fish came swimming by and said, oh, I heard you were thinking about selling and made them an offer that they couldn't refuse, which went undisclosed. Yeah, probably you know, three probably. grand and an ounce of weed. Yeah. <laughs> probably. I wouldn't doubt it. Then they went to the casino, high as fuck, and lost it all. Oh, my gosh. On like two rounds of blackjack It's at really, the high roller table. It's really horrible reading about these people getting taken advantage of. But we called it. Yeah. And, uh, how's your and, social equity programs going uh, for you, America? You Come know, on. They had to say yes to the deal. You know, there's two hands in a handshake. <sighs> Just because you say yes to a bad deal, you know, doesn't mean you're going to get out of it. Right. Well, in California, Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill this week which prohibits employers from asking job applicants about their prior pot use. So that's cool. Cool. I kind of wondered if they could still P-test them. Mm. Yeah, like, okay, we can't ask you about it, but maybe we can test you about it. That would suck. He vetoed a lot of bills this week, though. Uh, One being a bill that would have legalized cannabis cafes. Come on, man. I don't know why people are so against public consumption. And that's not even public consumption. That's consumption in closed doors with a membership fee. You know, like, it's still not someone standing on the sidewalk smoking weed. Whatever. He uh, vetoed a bill which would have made stricter requirements for packaging. That I can get behind a veto. Come on. Yeah. You can do so much. Child-proof it. Say, hey, this is weed on it. You know, for adults. That should be it. (laughs) In my America. I like weed, though. (laughs) In my America, that's good enough. And the last bill that he vetoed... Would have legalized psychedelics. Ah, uh, of course. Veto. Can't have that. No. But he did come out with a press release saying, hey, lawmakers, send me new psychedelic leg- legislation next session and, um, you know, allow regulated access to substances like psilocybin with therapeutic guidelines. We have to have the padded walls to go along with it. And, you know, m- maybe I would consider broader decriminalization someday in the future. So. Hurry up and wait. Womp womp. Yeah. Everybody wants me to wait, man. (laughs) The wait is over. Yeah, come on. Haven't you heard? We all just did. Word spreads very slowly, but that's okay. Yeah. Once they hear, they'll know, what have I been waiting for? Slow and organic is the pure way to do it anyway. Exactly. Now, I've got a clip that comes from Florida. May I play it? Uh, Yes, you may. Popped up across the state. Nearly 850,000 Floridians rely on the medication for treatment. While it is available in Florida, of course, it's still illegal under federal law. And that friction is putting patients like Steve Jenkins in a tough spot. Speaking to us from his car, Steve said he jumped through hoops to qualify for a card, but now he just can't seem to get a good job. He keeps getting disqualified and he thinks that's wrong. I'm subject to jobs that don't drug test as a disabled veteran. And so I have to um, work at places like the gas station. Do employers have to accommodate workers who consume medical marijuana? 
Taryn Kramer is an employment attorney and she says companies can ban use at work and they can mandate that you're not high or impaired on the job. But to have an outright ban on this entire population, she says it's a risky move. The reason? The American with Disabilities Act. The Uh ADA protects people with disabilities from discrimination. So while federally medical marijuana is not recognized, as opposed to under the state of Florida, federally disabilities are recognized. So disabilities means things that you can see and oftentimes things that you cannot see. An accommodation could be as simple as this person is permitted to continue to use medical marijuana outside of the workplace. Yeah. Wow. They really jumped into it. <laughs> that I didn't cut the clip that short. That's how the news reader did it. Okay. Uh, but the DME music was my fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was interesting using the ADA play. Yeah. I'm well, disabled. This is my thing. It's such a, like, it's just a basic common law principle of equal protection under the law. And we just don't seem to enjoy that. Anybody who touches weed in any way, um, like somehow forfeits the equal protection the law is supposed to grant every person. It's weird, isn't it? It's It, it baffles me. And nobody will touch that with a 10-foot pole. It's like, no, 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 it doesn't count because uh, drugs are bad because it's uh, Schedule 1. Because Schedule 1. Like, uh, what? Why, though? It doesn't, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, oh, you lose your rights. No, it really doesn't make it's, any it's, sense. It's <laughs> absurd. It's absurd on its face. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you gotta break those bad laws. But I felt bad for that guy, that disabled vet who takes, you know, medical weed. Yeah. Can't get a job. And they talk to him out of his car. For shame. Could have brought him into the studio and given him a microphone, but no. no, no. FaceTime us when you're off your gas station Just, shift. Uh, yeah, sit in your car, roll the window down here. Uh, we got some fingerless gloves for you. Can you put these on? <laughs> okay, Perfect. Let's do the interview. Hold up this sign. (laughs) Medical pot patient. Need job. We'll take anything but gas station. (laughs) Oh, well. I've got another clip. This this one's from Georgia, where they're toying with something interesting. In weeks from now, independent pharmacies right here in Georgia could become the first in the country to fill medical marijuana prescriptions. Become. Some (laughs) locations, like... The Little Five Points Pharmacy are in the process of getting approval to sell medical marijuana. Dr. Ira Katz, who has owned and operated this pharmacy for 40 years, say there are many benefits to having a pharmacist distribute this medication. (laughs) Who better than your independent pharmacist who knows your history, knows your medical history, is able to best dispense medical marijuana. So what we want to do is to be able to, with physicians, of course, uh, help to be able maybe to transition some folks off of these heavy-duty opioids, the hydrocodones of the world, the oxycodones of the world, and maybe slowly transition them. Yeah, already over 100 independent pharmacies in the state are waiting for this green light to medical marijuana products. God, her reads are weird. Very strange. Um, but yeah, your pharmacist. Yeah, who's better than the pharmacist to get you off of what literally every other thing he named was also what he's peddling? I know. It's kind of hilarious, That's isn't what it? rubs me the wrong way. It's Is that like, where the irony lies, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, and how he said a pharmacist that knows your medical history. Well, I guess if you're a regular. If you only go to one pharmacy to have your stuff filled, 
Is that how that works at a pharmacy? I don't know, uh, man. That guy gave me very creepy vibes. Very <laughs> not, creepy. Not gonna lie to you. But I also feel like since it's medical and you people are getting it through a prescription at a doctor, it should be available at a pharmacy, right? You would think for, so. For maybe the old folks who already have to make a stop there or whoever, if you feel more comfortable going to a pharmacy than a dispensary. But a pharmacist is not who I need telling me about my weed. I'm just totally sick of people acting like it's this big, complicated, scary thing. Like it's some weed, man. It's some weed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, you know, we can get it just right. And we know your medical history. So we know what kind of, you know, bullshit to spin on you. Like the pharmacist the is fuck. What the fuck does my medical history have to do with what <laughs> weed you're going to dispense me, bro? Put it in the bag and hand it to me and I'll give you money. That's how weed works. I think the pharmacist is the one most likely to lace your weed with fentanyl. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Just saying. I think you're correct. Yeah. That doesn't... Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, uh, the access is so, there at least. Let's just say that. I don't know. Not legal advice, but I think you should get your weed from a farmer or a grower, someone that grows a plant yeah. and trims it and gives it to you. Just or straight a, from the plant is a, where you should get your weed. Yeah, a, a seed is a great source for weed because that's how it works. Most indeed. Yeah. You ever read the first book of Genesis, man? First chapter of Genesis, the first book of the Bible? Yeah, man. Yeah. Seed-bearing plants. That's all ours from the day one. Well, day six or whenever. <laughs> Let's not get too technical. <sighs> Farm to bowl. That's all no, we need. We don't no. need a pharmacist in the middle. We don't need no middleman. No, no. <laughs> Who better than a pharmacist? Get him <laughs> off the screen, man. Yeah. Who better than a pharmacist? I can think of a dozen off the top of my head. Come on. Ugh. Oh, well. In Kentucky, Governor Andy Bashir signed an executive order which created a 12-member Team Kentucky Medical Cannabis Work Group. That's the technical name. And they're going to get paid with your taxpayer doll hairs, to study the evolving medical weed industry policy and the state of medical weed policy in the Kentucky Commonwealth and around the country. So that's fun. Uh, they also launched a website in Kentucky, which is going to track medical legalization as it rolls out. So you can see exactly how behind the deadlines they're going to be. Or maybe right on time. Hey, I'm uh, not going to hold my breath. But it would be great to see a state that does everything based on the guidelines and the deadlines. Then in Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer has a pair of bills on her desk, which, one, would allow dispensaries to do business with tribal entities. Apparently, they have to write that into law because they're not currently allowed to work together. And then the second bill, which partners together with the first one, would take a piece of the tax revenue from any business done between dispensaries and the tribal weed stores, and it would send some of the tax revenue back to the tribes for any sales that happen on Indian land. Meh. Mm. Meh. Mm. Not, I don't believe in taxes, so I'm not going to tell you where it should go and whatever. I'm just going to say, fuck all taxes. But you're already paying the tax, so this is just a redistribution. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was weird that state-licensed companies couldn't do business with tribal companies. Yeah. It's all very fucked. It's all convoluted as hell. Yeah. It's 
on purpose, you know? They make it difficult. They make it illegal <laughs> and to I, do it the wrong way. It's like, oh, it's legal now, but it's still also federally legal, and it's also illegal if you do it this way or that way or that way or this way. Yeah. And then I remember the coal memo. It was like, hey, the Indians can do whatever they want with weed, except anytime they actually did, they would get raided. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, what's uh, kind of funny is there is an update in this Delta Extraction Company case here in the Show Me State. And uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, or sorry, the Department of Health and Senior Services, as it is here in Missouri, said that companies can voluntarily destroy any of the recalled products, but first they have to consult with regulators. And I like this. I put destroy and finger wags as I say it out loud. Sure. It's like, yeah, can we consume it? I mean, we know it's safe. It just didn't pass all of your thresholds. You know, maybe it didn't get tracked the whole way through production, as is the case in this one. Um, it's such an eye roller because some of the regulations came after their product was made. And so then they're like, well, it didn't follow the regulations. Well, it was created before the regulations were in place, but doesn't matter. Regulations are regulations, and uh, you didn't follow Proto Buddy, so you're done. Delta Extraction got their license pulled from under them. This is the first time we're seeing it here in the Show Me State. And so they're in court fighting to get it back. It's not looking good. And uh, there's 63,000 products that were recalled. And because of the ongoing state of the case, Delta Extraction has had to sit on those products. They can't, couldn't destroy them before. But now, you know, the department says, hey, you just let us know you're going to destroy them and we'll give you the green light, maybe. So attorneys are guessing that the case could be resolved by October 20th. I think that's quite optimistic of them. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Also in the show me state, there is a tax dispute that we know about going on between counties and uh, the legal industry, and now it's heading to court, thanks to a St. Joseph company, Vertical Enterprises. They have been refusing to collect county-imposed sales tax and then filed a lawsuit to try and cover their ass, you know? <laughs> um, because what happened was, you know, there was already the sales tax that was passed by the state, and then some towns and such passed taxes. Most p places that put it on the ballot passed it, because people love taxes for some reason. People who vote, I should say. So there was an extra 3%. And then the counties got wind of this. And they did a county vote, too. So you have town or city tax, and then county tax, and then state tax. All stacked on top of each other to be around 20% total. But it's 3% for the town or city and 3% for the county, which is 6% that really pisses these <laughs> legal entities off yeah. and so they're taking it to court there's rumors that there's another company filing a lawsuit thursday i hate when they do that just file it and then make a press release about it don't wave your hands around oh it's uh, gonna happen maybe oh, they're, thursday they're always doing this kind of shit <laughs> but anyway the, the pre-hype the spokesman for the missouri cannabis trade association also was a large stakeholder and spokeshole for the group that passed legalization finger wag as a constitutional amendment. And his name is Jack Cardetti. And so he came out 
And he has previously said that uh, this stacked tax would ultimately be decided by the Department of Revenue, which suggests that someone needed to take it to court to get the ball rolling. Um, But he's also come out and thankfully said that he hopes they can stop this money grab. Finally. I mean, you represent the trade association. Stand up for them. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. I'm not asking for that much. It's it's a small ask. Like, whose side are you on? I, I've never known. <laughs> With that guy. With yeah. any of these characters, you know? I know. So, oh, I'll get a piece of it either way it goes. Right, exactly. <laughs> Playing both sides, in bed with everybody. Yeah. Oh, fucking lobbyists. Anyway, in New York, you remember how there was... Still is an injunction, so no licenses could be handed out anymore. Because people, and by people, I mean applicants for licenses, uh, wanted to take it to court, thinking that scoring was different per applicant. Maybe some uh, bribes or uh, fuckery going around, going on in that realm. And so they're questioning the whole process. Anyway, the New York judge has permitted five licenses to be issued Two he allowed Friday he or she I'm sorry I don't know the gender of the judge mm. and three on Monday which brings New York to a total of 28 operating dispensaries wow, wow. 28 in New York in New York yeah that's right only one of those is in Manhattan Oh my god, that's <laughs> absolutely crazy. Yeah, one in Mohawk Valley, one in North Country. So it, I think you can still count the number of dispensaries in New York City on uh, one hand. Well, luckily they've got them little trucks running around all the time. They yeah, could that's never, right. They could never quite get rid of those. Yeah, they're trying to play whack-a-mole, but I don't think they'll ever be able to squash them all. Not to mention the same place that you could have gotten it for the last 50 years. Mm-hmm. You're a friendly neighborhood dealer. And even longer than that, but you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or a farmer. Anyway. Actually, probably for the last hundred years, pretty pretty reliably at least. At least. Um, I've brought another clip, and this time it hails from Virginia. When the 2021 Cannabis Control Act passed, lawmakers wanted to give the state time to set up rules and regulations for a cannabis retail market. They wanted dispensary doors to open on January 1st, 2024, and even set up a regulatory board to be the authority on legal marijuana sales and licensing. But there was a catch. The law made it clear the General Assembly would need to approve the measure again and establish a regulatory framework before retail sales began. Stupid. Since then, those (laughs) efforts have stalled in the General Assembly, partly due to a shift in power. Shocking. When the Commonwealth legalized marijuana in 2021, Democrats held the majority in the House of Delegates and the state Senate. That changed following the 2021 elections, giving Republicans control in the House. The political gridlock during both the 2022 and 23 General Assembly sessions meant multiple bills that pushed to reenact the framework for an adult-use retail market failed. Now, with only months left until 2024, the Virginia Cannabis Control Authority makes it clear you cannot buy or sell marijuana until the General Assembly addresses the issue in future sessions. (laughs) So you can have weed, but you can't legally buy or sell it. I love that situation. Fantastic. <laughs> Regulate me harder, Daddy. Who's writing these bills and these initiatives? I just want to punch them in the face. It's it's retar- so stupid. It's always yeah. retarded. Oh, you know who we should let decide 
we should let the legislature decide because they've always done right. They know how it works. They know how to make it just be smooth and seamless. Not. Yeah. That's how you get triple taxed on it. That's how you get plant limits. That's how you get requirements for what size your window has to be in your grow room and an interior facing door and all this kind of ignorant shit that doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Got to get a butthole ID to do anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Virginia, sorry about you, man. That sucks. You got legalization. Congrats. Yeah. Enjoy it. Oh, wait. Kind of gray. Can't <laughs> yeah. really do anything about it. Turns out, still illegal everywhere. Yeah, and your hemp situation is fucked, too. But at least you feel better when you're smoking weed. You feel less afraid. Slightly. Yeah. Unless someone asks you how you got it. They have to... <laughs> play that gifting game that we saw in dc yeah it's such a stupid fucking loophole bullshit oh he just gave it to me yeah and i just gave him uh five bucks hopefully more than that but you know just pass the bowl we just pass the bowl here yeah it's like they give me a ounce with all these 200 hundred dollar t-shirts it's great that's right yes the 200 hundred dollar t-shirts a great scheme my final story for behind the curtain tonight comes from brazil where the Superior Court of Justice has ruled that the smell of marijuana on a person does not justify an unwarranted home search. Amazing. That's good news. I've heard this roll through a few times. (laughs) Yeah, but this time it's in Brazil. This is good. So It's spreading. What had happened was this guy was out on the street and a cop thought he might be selling drugs. Cop says, hey, you smell like weed. So he searches him right there on the spot, which already I have a problem with. That's okay in Brazil, but, you know, whatever. Searches him. Guess what? Dude doesn't have anything on him. So the cop decides to search his house. Doesn't have a warrant, but dude's mom answers the door and consents to the search. Oh, mom, on. Mom, what the fuck? If you're not my ally, who is? Yeah. Anyway, cop goes through. What does he find? Three grams of coke, two grams of weed. Big deal. You know? Now, the good news here is that the charges were dropped because that was all obtained unlawfully. And the judge stipulated that even if another resident of the home consents to a search, they can't conduct the search without a warrant. And I like that. Oh, well, that's a good way to cover your ass. Because, you know, they, uh, Someone might consent to it. The cop might just say someone consented to it. I don't know. It seems like quite a loophole if you say, oh, well, if one person in the house consents, then everyone's fucked. Or the cops can just walk in. Yeah. That doesn't seem right. Well, that is all it takes. Not in Brazil. Not in Brazil, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But they can stop you on the street and frisk you if you smell like weed, so. Mm -mm. (laughs) Mm-mm. Oh, if they're feeling frisky, I think they can do whatever they want, really. Yeah. Shoot your dog. Well, that's all I've got tonight. All right. All right. Well, this is a good one. Good update. Thanks. And we're uh, right on schedule with a little bit of a metal moment from the great Rev Cyber Trucker, who threw down a killer uh, rap response in the chat earlier. If you're not in the bull after bull chat, then uh, oh my goodness, what are you doing? You're missing out on fantastic uh, chat raps. By Rev Cybertrucker. Yeah, he's throwing down. Yeah. Oh, woo. He got to get that recorded. He's uh, throwing down a metal moment as well. Would you like to hear it? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. 
In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Now, before we immerse ourselves in the haunting track that I have for you, let's talk about the inspiration behind it. Ghoultown pays homage to the one and only Mistress of the Dark herself, Elvira. For those unacquainted with the dark realms of horror and the macabre, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is the iconic alter ego of actress Cassandra Peterson. With her bewitching beauty, dark humor, and penchant for horror, Elvira has become a pop culture icon. So without further ado, dim the lights, turn up the volume, and let me transport you to a world where the shadows hold secrets, and the night belongs to the Mistress of the Dark. Here's Ghoultown with Mistress of the Dark. Oh, yeah, let me some Elvira. Oh, she is so sexy. The best. She's got big boobs, doesn't she? Yes! I knew it! <laughs> yes! I knew it. Knew it. You know how I knew? She wasn't wearing anything! Oh, oh man. man! Oh, man. Oh, man. Elvira. That's a good one. Gotta add that to the spooky playlist. Yeah, I gotta look that up, add it to our, yeah, the Halloween Haunts playlist, man. Had not heard that song before. Thank you, Rev. Love it. You can follow Rev over there at noagendasocial.com. He's at Rev Cyber Trucker. So he's easy to find. Give him a follow today. And uh, your timeline will get uh, one account better after you do that. Uh, next up, it's a little game we like to play. Uh, we even named it. We named it this. The first time I ever. First time I ever uh, fell out of bed this time, but every time it's a different time of firsts for you to talk about. You just pick your phone up, you call 816-607-3663, and you tell us all about the first time you ever did a rotating topic that we talk about. So, uh, yeah, first time you ever fell out of bed. There are some calls rolling in about this. Ooh. There are some calls. Uh, oh, boy. And some titties. Yeah, we got some titties in the uh, uh, in the in the text. See, it works a lot of ways. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, texter. Thank you for the bounciness in our uh, text line. 
816-607-3663. Turns out can receive uh, video and picture mails and text messages and all that stuff. Uh, but also voicemails, just like this next caller left us. Bowlers. Bolerito. Hey, Hola. ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasando? Dr. Bowl. Um, let me tell you. Yeah? I found the worst and best combination of cereals. Yes? Put together in a bowl. <laughs> my, my uh, Don't put all those artificial colors in your body. Fuck that for your taste bud steak. Get some candy pebbles. And or chocolate pebbles. It doesn't matter. As long as there's Flintstones on the fucking box. Pebbles? Mix those with Honey Nut Cheerios. Honey Nut Cheerios. Oof. You could use any kind of milk you want and a nut sack. <laughs> Heavy whipping cream. I prefer vanilla ice cream. Oh, like yeah. all good and melty. Like whip your ass all cereal on there. Equal parts. Pebbles. I could eat bowl after bowl of that shit. <laughs> oh, man. Kakam nom nom. Caller, I feel like we're missing vital information from that. I got that uh, there was like the worst combination was to mix some kind of a pebble cereal with Honey Nut Cheerios. Something about your nut sack. Nuts dipped in honey. And then uh, bowls and bowls and buds and buds and bowls. Mm. Lots of bowls. It yes. sounded like Nuts a recipe dipped in honey. that we missed. Yeah. Maybe it was that uh, interference. You know, in October, the voicemails seem to like get interfered with sometimes. <gasps> That's true. Yeah. You remember last year? Yeah, I do. The voicemail ghost. We had, uh, yeah. A very spooky boobery. I think the moth was talking about some kind of succubus experience, and the succubus was like, "You can't tell our shit on the on the podcast." Yeah. It was interfering with his call. This is a different situation, but maybe like the I don't know that honey nut Cheerio B. We already know he's a B. We know he's a deviant. He's got one out for us. Mary Kate Ultra warned us. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, she never warned us about this next caller, though. Fallen out of bed or kicked out of bed? Yes. Um, I mean, I feel like everybody is probably like a little kid and they're probably like fell out of bed or something, but don't remember. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who it was. There's something I knew. I thought it was my uncle for some reason. But anyway, doesn't matter. Like, they were, they might have been a kid too, but they were, I remember hearing a story like they literally had like, or like head on the ground kind of thing, their feet's on the bed or whatever, some weird position like that, some weird dream or something, then I'm falling out of bed. But uh, uh, I went for like a decade or something because I was scared of beds. Oh? Not really. I'd just given up. Oh, like, okay. I, thought, I wanted more room in my room. And it was He's like just fucking with us. Um, yeah. So. You're trying to fuck with us. No, not anymore. <laughs> But anyway, because it's fun to just fall into bed, you know, it's comfortable. Yeah. Plus other stuff, obviously. Um, what time we at? Oh, yeah, we're fine. Uh, yeah, so I don't really remember. I mean, just playing around and stuff like that, I'm sure, like I said, as a kid. But uh, I can't say I ever really, like, not one of those people, like, in their dreams or something, fall out of bed. Mm. That I can remember anyway. So, there's a... How you guys doing today? Oh, fantastic. Been a, was a busy weekend, just one thing after the other after the other. 
Mm-hmm. Felt That's... like I was Spencer or something like hey. that. Hey. <laughs> productive and the list is much shorter. So. Yeah. You know, plus I don't got a gnarly mustache. <laughs> but the beard's coming back. There we go. Nice. Anywho, that's enough of that for now. But I do genuinely appreciate both of y'all. And we appreciate and, uh, you, brother. Love you guys. Love you. And uh, stay hydrated, but stay dangerous. And whether or not you just did some push-ups and you're laying on the ground and you called into bowl after bowl, or smart, you're just listening to this, go ahead and give a hearty Caca! Nice. Thank you. Loving it, loving it, loving it. You remember the first time you ever fell out of bed? First and only time so far, knock on wood. Oh. That was me knocking on wood. It's very realistic. I was in a hotel room. Okay. So it wasn't my home sweet comfy bed. Okay. I was... That's a factor. A tween, probably 12. Took me a long time to fall out of a bed. Okay. And this hotel room was in hell. I'm talking Washington, D.C. Oof. So I was having a horrible dream. Uh, I don't remember the dream, though, sadly. But I know I felt like I was fighting for my life. <laughs> really struggling. Yeah. Lots of spooks in my dream. Shocking, I know, in D.C. And I was probably just tossing and turning all over the stupid hotel bed. It was uncomfortable. I remember that. And all of a sudden, I just... Felt a big old wham and woke up and I was on my back on the fucking floor. Oh my God. And like couldn't breathe for a second because, yeah, you know, knocked it, the wind out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought, am I paralyzed? Like, <laughs> that's a strange sensation, isn't it? Getting yeah. the wind knocked out of you. When you're asleep, that's a good F tie. You've got no defense mechanism. Just yeah, fucking man. bam, I'm awake and this sucks. Sleepwalking is interesting too. Mm. That'd be a good F tie. Okay, I'm writing these things down really quick. Okay. Um, But the worst part is I was staying. I was on vacation with a family that I did babysitting for. Mm. So it was just really awkward. Everyone was really worried about me when they shouldn't have been, you know, and I'm (laughs) like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) You're just trying to like recover your breath to let everybody know you're all right. I also like wasn't okay. And then them being freaked out had me more freaked out. Yeah, definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, I also am really attentive now if I'm staying in a hotel or at a friend's house or an Airbnb, I'm like, I'm going to be right in the middle and I'm not going to move, damn it. And it's like, I, I don't ever get a full night's rest when we're on the road because um, I'm just constantly like periodically waking myself up from dreamland to be like, am I on the bed still? <laughs> I'm traumatized from it. Fucking DC. A rough, it's a rough town. It is. Spiritually, especially. Yeah. All those symbols that you're just in the middle of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, cutting the crossfire is some kind of uh, international dream harvesting operation. Yeah, exactly. The like, oh, well, the machine's just loudest there because that's where it's based. Mm-hmm. You're like sleeping in the middle of a giant pentagram or some shit. <laughs> I mean, <Fuck. laughs> not good for your health. It's not. Yeah, not exactly. Uh, this next caller, though, good for your health. In the bowl, my bud. In the bowl. Hey, box. And I am going to tell you about the first and only, thankfully, time that I fell out of bed. Nice. Got some wood for you out there. Terrible story. Uh Uh-oh. So 
be prepared. I'm sitting down. Right. So I had just moved up to Alaska less than a year before, and I was in a relatively rural place, but I needed oral surgery, like some some pretty extensive oral surgery. And I don't usually go to doctors. Y'all know that by now. Yeah. But for this, I needed a doctor, and I needed one that was skilled. And you ain't going to find that kind of skill in rural Alaska, right? So I uh, traveled down to Seattle, and I had friends down in the Seattle area since I had just left there, like less than a year before, still had friends there. Yeah, friends take a while to go And I went to, I I contacted one of my friends and was like, hey, let's go hang out. Uh, I got (laughs) this appointment. It's at such and so time. And I should be done by this time. And so he showed up at this time, which was like two hours after my appointment, should have been finished. And I'm still sitting there in the waiting room doing what people in waiting rooms do, which is fucking wait, right? And I eventually got in. It was like, God, I waited three, four hours to get into this appointment that I had scheduled for hours before that. Damn. And in the meantime, this guy, my my bud, my friends, he had gotten impatient with them. Uh Uh-oh. And when I finally got out of this oral surgery. Uh Uh-oh. This is fantastic. Drugs. Right? It's terrible, though. It's terrible. Yeah. He had somehow, and I'm not even going to, I'm not going to even possibly conjecture how he managed this, but he had stolen an entire gigantic canister of nitrous oxide. Oh, a big hell yeah. One. Fuck yeah. A big, giant fucking canister of... Yes. yes! And so we went back to my hotel and got so fucked up on whippets that <laughs> I fell off the bed. Oh, no. Fell. <laughs> I've never done it again. I've never done it before. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. In nice. the bowl, bitches. In the bowl. In the bowl. Boxeroni. It was worth it. Incredible. Yeah, some guys just have a talent for that. And you're like, how did, you know what? Don't tell me how you did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's here now. That's how it matters. Yeah, beautiful. Very nice. Uh, Base and gas build. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this next color has to be gas build. Let the sovereign nations sell the conch. Yeah. Uh, the first time I ever rolled out of bed, I was a young boy, a young lad, around the age of nine, I would say. And it was one of those sorts of angers that wells up inside of you when something happens that's just so out of your control. Mm. But it it does something to you in, in such a harsh way. It ruins your whole day falling out of bed. It's in the middle of the night, this is the middle of the night, I had some sort of dream or I had some sort of tumultuous dream. And I was a young man. And all of a sudden, there I was on the floor of my own bedroom, disturbed by my own sleep or my own dream, lying on my own floor in my own room. Mm. And I have to say, I, I remember being extremely angry at maybe myself, maybe just the universe. I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. Why, God? Why have you forsaken me so? Why the <laughs> fuck am I lying in the middle of my room with my knee hurting? When I was just having a nice little rest, I got school in the morning, I got shit to do. Uh, fuck you. Fuck everything, was, was my thought. Uh-huh. I fell out of my bed, 
And it's happened a couple times since. Uh, some times were better than others. The reasons why I rolled out of bed were more beneficial, more benign than that. Mm. Um, alcohol is usually involved, <laughs> or maybe some sort of drug, some sort of paraphernalia. Okay. But when I was fucking nine, ten years old, that was just pure bullshit, ass fuckery, <laughs> nonsense, <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for uh, being sexy and uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Falling out of bed sucks. No doubt. <laughs> when you're a young person. <laughs> Getting pissed at God, man. I can completely relate, although it's never like the best uh, decision. Mm, yeah. I did it. I did it recently. Not who you want to wage war with. Yeah. I've, I was looking for the stupid notebook still, you know, and then I just I just got mad and picked the wrong target, you know. And then it's my own fault. The chickens got decapitated. Yeah, that was the night. That was the very night. Yep. It was like hours later. Crazy. When I made a bunch of crazy threats and shot my mouth off at the sky, the sky was like, oh, okay. Uh, Fuck you. I'm not even going to flex. I'm just going to look in your direction and see what happens. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, about that. I wore my send me an angel t-shirt and said, I don't want to get caught in the crossfire, damn it. Because you spoke it all out loud. Very loud. Yeah, I spoke it out very loud. But, hey, at least somebody's listening. That at least we can confirm, which is mm-hmm. the small comfort. Uh, yeah. I just need to get my own house in order, which is typically the case, man. It's typically the case. It's the only thing I can, tr- can control anyway. So. Yep, it's true. But falling out of bed, uncontrollable, and it sucks. Yeah, sometimes you can't control it. The first time I fell out of bed, I wasn't asleep, though. Oh. And I was wide awake. I'm wide awake. And I still have uh, the uh, mark from it. Oof. I was up on the top bunk. By this time, I had, uh, by this time, I think I had a loft. I don't know. There was some point where the bunk bed up and down went away and it was just a loft bed. And I put a desk underneath there and had a bookshelf and all this. But uh, I can't remember if it was still in bunk bed mode or not. But what we were doing was making a, a fort. As you do. You like, and your sister? Mm-hmm. My sister and I were making a fort by tucking a blanket into the side of the top bunk, and then it hangs down. So I, I guess it must have been a bottom bunk situation since we were doing that. That would make sense, right? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, well, we tried the first attempt, and I like dropped the blanket, because you dropped the blanket the first time. <laughs> uh, so I was like, can you hand me the blanket? And she, I don't know, I was probably seven, eight, maybe nine, I don't know. Maybe around this lavish time he's talking about, maybe a little bit younger. Right in there. And my sister's even younger, right? So I got to kind of reach way down to get the blanket from her. She's just Mm. a littler kid than me, you know? And I lean too far and just tumble right off of the bed. There was a (sighs) bookshelf, or not a bookshelf, a dresser. My bureau, my clothes dresser. Mm -hmm. Right there. And so I just connected with the corner of that, the corner Mm. of my skull on the corner of that. Just boom. And then I ended up landing on uh, my sister. Oh, shit. And I did a lot of bleeding. Mm. It was not only the first time I ever fell out of bed, it was the first time I ever had stitches. Mm. That might not uh, be a bad one for the list. True. Um, I learned about concussion protocol because I was like, wow. Yeah, like It was late at night. Oh, no. My parents, by the way, were downstairs playing PlayStation. Oh, what game? That actually might help date it, too, actually, when I'm thinking about it. Because we got the PlayStation in 97. So, yeah, 7, 8, 9. That, or maybe they got the PlayStation in 98. Anyway, they were playing this classic arcade pack. It was like 
perfect PlayStation boomer bait. So they were playing Centipede, I'm pretty sure, on the PlayStation. <laughs> nice. Uh, one of those, Centipede or Burger Time, or they used to play a few different things. Pretty sure Centipede, though. And so I bust my eye open. I'm bleeding all over the place, and I'm just, like, putting toilet paper up on my uh, eyebrow. Yeah. And I'm like, my sister's like, we got to get mom and dad. We got to get mom and dad. I'm like, don't get mom and dad. No, don't get mom and dad. Like, we can figure <laughs> this out, man. We can figure this out. Don't get mom and dad. She's already gone. You get mom and dad. Of course. Well, she runs down. She's crying her face off. She's like, boo, 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 spinch. He fell and, and he's got cuts all over his face. And <laughs> my parents didn't hear what she said through the blubber, blubbering and crying. Yeah. They heard Spence fell and he's got guts all over him. <gasps> oh, no. So they thought I fell on a knife oh. or some scissors or some shit. Like they were like picturing it's something horrible. Absolute Halloween peak. Oh, gosh. So they panic, run upstairs. They, I'm in the bathroom just trying to get the bleeding stop. And it's on my eyebrow, right? So I have uh, my hand up with a big-ass wad of toilet paper <laughs> over my eyebrow, which is also covering my eye and pretty much the whole right side of my face. Uh-huh. And so then they think, oh, shit, he fucking poked his eye out. Like, that's what the guts <laughs> have. Like, if it's guts, it's got to be his eyeballs hanging out. <laughs> Oh, no. And they were like, let me see, let me see. And then I pulled it back. It's like, well, it's the eyebrow. And they were like, yeah, this is definitely got to get stitches. And I was like, no, 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 you can't do the stitches, man. You can't do the stitches. But then I learned about uh, concussion protocol. It was fairly late. We were supposed to have been already in bed asleep, of course. Of course. Um, so it was late. Drove, um, she, they drove us to the hospital ourselves, you know, in our own van. It was all the way to Liberty. So like a 10, 12 minute drive, something like that. Uh, maybe 15 to the next town. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling really sleepy. Like, I think I'm just going to nap a little bit. Oh, no. They're like, no, no, no. Don't nap. Why not? Well, if you fall asleep and you have a concussion, like, you could, it could mess you up really bad. You could get brain damage. You could even die. I was like, oh, I'm wide awake. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no problem for me. I'm wide, aw- I'm wide awake. That really, like, snapped me alert. Because <laughs> I, I was. I was just feeling foggy. I was like, you know, I could just close my eyes and doze off. And they were like, don't do it. Thank God they knew that, you know? Yeah. Definitely. I feel like not a lot of people these days know that kind of thing. Just your average everyday people on the street, dee da dee da day. Yeah, they don't even know seizure protocols. No. Nah. It was, uh, in the end, badass for the story. That was like one of the family stories for the longest. It got told the most, you know? Yeah. <laughs> My dad called me Iserman after that, uh, after the hockey player on the Red Wings at the time. Like, he was like the best Red Wing. And he was always just getting, like, you know, fucked up and... <laughs> Getting his face busted open, you go back out there with some stitches on the ice, you know? Nice. He's like, oh, yeah, you're Iserman now. And I still got the eyebrow scar, so. Yeah, eyebrow yeah. scars are cool. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, very in season. They're, yeah. the, they're the right now thing. Oh, my gosh. My imagination <laughs> would have gotten the best of me on that one as a parent. Oh, jeez. I yeah. heard guts and then the eyeball. I would have passed out. <laughs> <laughs> you would have followed up. I mean, there was enough blood to, you could have just been a regular situation and passed out probably. Yeah. Yeah. Or you would have had to transfer it to me, and I would have, like... Puked. Yeah, like, gotten woozy but not passed out. Ugh. And then you would have been, like, A-OK. Hey, I'm doing better, okay? I saw you hit that artery on that raccoon. <laughs> I was fine. That was a lot of blood. That's true. It was a little messy. It was... I just... I fucked it up. No, you did great for a first time. This next caller also did great. Hey, Faces of the Screen Bowlers. Hey! Uh, What's up, first Face? First time I ever fell out of bed, that I can remember anyway... I was probably like, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 years old, whatever, something like that, you know, young boy. And uh, my brother had like his weight set there, so it was like this barbell. Like, when I fell out of bed, 
my face landed like an inch or two away from the fucking weights on this barbell. I almost smashed my face oh. on it, but luckily I didn't. I mean, it might have made an improvement, but <laughs> I guess we'll never know. Never know. But uh, anyway, that's about all I got for tonight on the first time I ever thing there. So uh, have a good bowl. Have a good bowl. Thanks, face to the screen. I'm glad you didn't go face to the barbell. Ooh, he's got a face to the follow-up. Ooh. Hey, face to the screen again, bowlers. Uh, you know, come to think of it. Yeah. The first time I ever fell out of bed. May have been because I was sleeping on my stomach a lot when I was younger, and then like I might have gotten like an, a nocturnal erection, uh-huh. that, like like a <laughs> kickstand, just kind of like elevated me and like rotated me off the bed <laughs> and pushed like my boner, fucking kicked yeah. me out of bed. You know, like I kicked myself out of bed with my boner. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Any thoughts? Yeah. Anyway, in the bowl. In the bowl. I got some thoughts. That's possible. Uh, that's a sure way to just get a boner automatically is to sleep on your stomach. Mm. Did a little boner push up there. Yeah. A cock push up. Cock push up. That's right. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah. I've had plenty of those dreams where I don't know if it's like an inner ear thing or if it's something happening in the dream or what's going on, like a recalibration of your shit, your brain and body are weird, but I've had probably a couple dozen times over the whole course of my life. The sensation that the bed is tipping me out or pouring me out and I'll wake up during that because it's so intense of a sensation and you just like wake up and like half sit up but like throw your hands down on the bed like woof and you're like like it feels like you're being thrown out of bed but really you're like you give it half a second and you look around and everything's just normal and mm. you're like holy fuck like I felt like I, was, <laughs> I felt like the whole bed was tilting I don't know uh, you I've ever ne- have that? No I've never experienced that it's a weird one when I have experienced many many times is the sensation of falling, just free falling, but mm. you're not. Are you just standing there? No, you're laying there, but your whole body jolts. Because it's like your body is wide awake and your brain is falling asleep or vice versa. And then it just feels like you fall down a flight of stairs oh, or yeah. an elevator shaft or something. <laughs> and you jolt awake and your whole body jumps. Yeah, That happens to me a lot. Wild. Do you oh. get that one? Uh, No. Oh, weird. Yeah. I guess I'll take the bed tilt thing. Your sounds even more intense. <laughs> I know I've woken you up before by doing that. <laughs> yeah, Lavish says, I'm a little teapot is really about insomnia. <laughs> Makes nothing but sense to me. Tip me over and holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was this? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. Wonderful. Well, thanks, bowlers, for calling in with all of your experiences. Uh, this was a fun one. Yeah, this was a great one. You want to hear my recap of new and old first time I ever? Well, if we haven't picked one, I'm kind of feeling that trapped in animal one. I know that it just okay. got put on tonight, but it's yeah. relevant. It's like timely. It's like now. Yeah. Yes. So next week, bowlers, we want to hear about the first time you ever trapped an animal. All you have to do is call 816-607-3663 or text it and send pictures of your catch. Yeah. Or of jiggly boobs. We don't care. Yeah. We like it all. Uh, but now we say... Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. That is what we say. Fiddle gib time. And the first story could have maybe made the cut for top 333, but it was just too weird. Uh-oh. And the, the magic number is an age. And oh, not like a yeah. count. Dude, so- the magic number age ones are all the weirdest. That's why I'm always like walking on eggshells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you should. 
be on very high alert during the spooky season. Yeah. It's about to get weird on the lanes. Oh, God. So if you haven't seen it already, there's some cell phone footage of a man in New York City, happens to be 33 years old, as I've already teased, mm-hmm. who decided to jump into the reflecting pool at the 9-11 site. In New York! <sighs> Yeah. The video. Uh, it's not what I that's saw. for, man. It's not what that's for. No, 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 no. It's for looking at your reflection, I suppose, uh, in the reflection of the clouds in the sky. It's for a, it's for calm reflection in all of its meanings. Well, the footage that I saw starts after he had already jumped into the main pool, which is thirty feet down from where the observation deck is. It's a big drop. It is, and the water is not very deep. No stairs, no handles, but just straight down. He's walking. He's got blood on his head, mm-hmm. as you might expect, mm-hmm. and um, he's not really limping. But then there's this void in the middle, like a hole inside of it that all the water is falling into, yeah. a further hole that just looks black and scary, like a void, as I said. Yeah. And if you dig deeper into that, um, it goes 20 feet down. And it's filled with 18 inches of water. Again, not very fucking deep. No. So this guy is on all this uh, cell phone footage. He lays down and just kind of stares into that abyss and then just keeps crawling forward until he falls headfirst into it. Yeah. And um, it's very sad. It is. I I didn't like watching it. I didn't feel right watching it. I didn't like that people were filming and that no one had thrown him a rope or something. I know it's not like there's a rope around. But, jeez, you know, you just want to do something instead of watching it. Yeah, the fact that dozens of people's initial reaction are to just start filming shit is... <laughs> it's it's it disturbing. It does not bode well for our society, my man. No, no, it sure doesn't. And when firefighters showed up, uh, he, or I don't know if it was the police officers or what, but he told some official that he did this for his father, which mm. is very vague. Sure. Um, he is okay. He got an injury to his back and leg, but doesn't seem to be paralyzed, or and he's not dead, quite alive. Um, so he might face trespassing charges. <laughs> All I could think, though, is that this might have been a suicide attempt. And as I was looking at the reflecting pool, I started to feel like, if you had a direct tie to someone who died in 9-11, that pool might not give you the best closure or feeling of comfort. No. It might elicit these kinds of responses. That void in the middle, like a void. Yeah, that doesn't help. It's a really weird setup. And the black box and the Saturn uh, call out and things like that. Yeah, like... Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it's a little bit disturbing. So... I was reading a lot of comments on this, and um, some New York officials were saying how they were worried about terrorist attacks on the site, which is, okay, whatever. Now they're worried about- Please don't attack this shallow pool of water. Right. Made of concrete. Stupid. Now they're worried about suicides at the site. Wow. It's like, you think? Even when it was just rubble sitting there. If you're going to jump, you got to start at 40 plus. That's just science. That's what we learned. Yeah. From this man's attempt. I guess. Unsuccessful. But it is. Attempt, I guess. I don't know. I'm assuming. The details are very foggy. Right. When he says, oh, this is for my father, 
now I'm kind of filling in blanks. Like maybe his dad died in 9-11. We don't know that. Yeah. What if his dad is just a real dick and they had a bad argument that day? What if he means his heavenly father? I don't know. Yeah. Could be a lot of things. Maybe he's adopted. We'll only know if we can get him in the bowl <laughs> and ask him directly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I wish him the best. Yeah, me too. He looked like he was in a bad place. A very dark place. Yeah. it. I hated it. But anyways, that's just the first Lane story tonight. Okay. Uh, on the next throw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, a 33-year-old crazed man in New York City. Again? Uh-oh. Unleashed random attacks on three people at a Whole Foods. Yeah. In New York. Wow, that one's getting some play tonight. Again. Again and again and again, yeah. Uh, <laughs> New Yorkers. Some black guy just walks into the Whole Foods with a glass bottle, starts smacking people over the head with it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. 23-year-old dude, he got hit around 6.30 p.m. This isn't like 3, 4 in the morning either. You know, it's 6.30 when people are running their errands after work. Damn. Uh, then he hit some 49-year-old woman and then a 55-year-old woman. On a bonking spree. Yeah. Absolutely bonked. And then arrested. About to get bonked. Yeah, bonk that guy back. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> bonk back better. <laughs> <laughs> New York be bonking lately, Dude, man. Dude, if someone bonked me with a glass bottle, if I wasn't totally KO'd, they would fucking get it. That's for sure. <laughs> you don't go around bonking motherfuckers with a glass bottle. Yeah, Fuck. it's it's beyond rude. And not even breaking the bottle, you know, to like shank them after and do them in. No, just big old bonk. Ugh. Yeah, you could really hurt somebody that way, man. New York City is not a polite society. Cut that shit out. Yeah. Come on. Where were the good guys with guns? Not in New York. Oh, yeah, right. Come on, man. They have to be bad guys. Yeah, you gotta call uh, uh, NYPD. <laughs> New York's finest. Finest gang. The real heroes, you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, this next story is from California. Mm. So this woman was... 33, and she went missing. Holy shit. On August 10th. I know, 33 is bad age. My brethren, you need to calm down, please. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, perhaps, she had just told her family that her ex-boyfriend raped her and abused her and all this bad shit. Then she goes missing. No, oh, no. Hmm. Well, they found her. Well, they found her hand bones and her skull and her ribs. Oh, shit. Yep. In a burn barrel. And next to this guy's sister's mobile home. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And someone gave a tip and said, oh, he shot her in the car, and then he chopped her up to bits in his sister's bathtub. Good God. And then burned her in a barrel. Right? And so they found the barrel first. And then they got a warrant, and they searched the house. Yep, bloodstains in the tub. Bloodstains don't really come out. You try as you might. And then they went to his car, which, yeah, maybe you can't see the blood stains like in the exterior, but you cut into those seats, they're going to be deep down in there, I think. Anyway, they found the blood stains in the car, too. So this witness provided very good testimony, I guess, or evidence. And, uh, yeah, sadly, this woman, 33, leaves behind two little girls, too. Oh, man. So... Fuck you, dude. That's gross. Yeah, it's horrible. And, uh, ugh. 
you know, you, I don't know why people think they can get away with this kind of shit in this day and age. They're going back, finding murderers from 33 years ago. You're seeing it all the time now with all the DNA evidence. They're yeah. like, oh, let's open up the cold evidence and look at this blood stain under the microscope and match it up to a relative who did 23 and me or whatever. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. So, uh, I don't know. If your conscience doesn't get you, someone will eventually. But some people don't really have a conscience, especially when it comes to material things. And this next woman, who's a 33-year-old food delivery driver, I won't even mention the company name. It's not worth it. You know, you can order food on your phone, get it delivered. Yeah. With a single clip of, click of an app. Anyways, she decided that she could double her earnings by also being a porch pirate while delivering food. Oh, man. Yeah. Another very stupid thing to do in this age of cameras being fucking everywhere, especially on people's front doors. Especially to the house that your app is saying to go to. Oh, yeah, just (laughs) geolocation on your phone. Oh, my God, that's the worst crime of all time. Well, so she would drive around these ritzy neighborhoods of people who can afford to get that delivery to their Sure. I will pay 18 extra dollars to get shitty fast food delivered. (laughs) Anyway, no judgment, just saying. Worth it. Uh, Maybe, maybe. She would drive around these neighborhoods looking for her delivery spot, but also keeping an eye out for packages. And then she'd get out of the car with her food bag and walk up the steps, grab the package, act like, oh, I'm at the wrong house. You know, grab the package and go. And that worked out twice. But on her third attempt that we know about, sure. like to, you know, with finger wag third attempt, I just like as the, the story goes, magic number three being in here again yeah, on all course. these stories. Uh, doorbell camera picked her up. And so uh, she got arrested, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, I also was thinking, man, this article is great for her because she's actually a model. Oh, my. And the daytime, and she is like a rep at a modeling agency. And they like shield the name of the agency and her like oh, socials no. and stuff. And I also was thinking when I saw her on the doorbell cam, I was like, hmm, that is a fine looking woman. She's very pretty. Looks like a model. And then come to find out, wow, she is mm. you know, tall, tan, dark hair. Exactly who you want, delivering your food, but not stealing your shit. Right. Yeah. Just because you're pretty doesn't mean you can get away with it. Yeah. Missy. And 33, man, gotta look out. Talking about my generation, man. Yeah. Here's a story that Cotton Gin sent me. Okay. I think two bowls ago. Uh, And then it haunted me because I (laughs) forgot to put it in my show notes. But it came up again. In Brockton, massive two shits. The state police arrested 33 people in an Operation Fall Cleanup. Yeah, they're not cleaning leaves. Uh. They're cleaning up the streets. I hate these stupid operation names. Now, what I don't understand here is it says they were targeting quality of life issues. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. We're going to arrest you for quality of life. (laughs) Your life sucks. You're coming downtown. (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, bud. Life will be better in the slammer. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either. But they were sending, um, they had a helicopter on patrol Ooh. looking for reckless drivers and, you know, people driving ATVs on the street and stuff. Like, you're not supposed to do dirt bikes, mm. which that doesn't bother me. You know, the people riding dirt bikes on the streets, they don't affect my quality of life. Right. But whatever. I guess uh, these cops are bored. Oh, you got to do so, something, man. 
They also, one of the people was charged because they decided to shine an ultra bright flashlight at the helicopter, which I know is very much against the law. Yeah. <laughs> you don't Not distract move. flying objects. Plus, they can tell exactly where you are. Yeah. They're and, above you. <laughs> and, and, like, get on the radio with the cops and go, hey, <laughs> go kick this guy's ass. He just flashed a flashlight at me. Mm-hmm. Like. <sighs> I know, the laser lights. That's all People I just ask for trouble constantly, man. What are you doing, guy? I don't even, like, walk out from under my porch roof if I can hear a chopper, you know? Oh, shit. Come on. Exactly. I'm like looking through the cracks on the deck up at him. Ooh, I can fuck. still see it with the heat. Uh, right. With the heat video, but you know. But I'm not fucking with him. No way, man. Do not engage. Mm-mm. Come on. So five of these arrests also picked up narcotics charges. So it wasn't all about drugs, which surprised me. Usually yeah. these things are like, oh, you were dealing drugs. Do it, do it, take you in. And uh, only one of those arrests was for fentanyl. So, okay. <laughs> um, one of the suspects, the only story that they really shared was that one suspect had a warrant, and the warrant was for drug trafficking. Uh, but when they stopped him, he gave a fake name and a fake ID. And they, you know, figured out he was lying and fingerprinted him. Oops. And then uh, came up with his true identity and booked him. So, nabbed him. Yeah, just don't say anything, just don't talk to him. Call a lawyer. Yeah. Just get a lawyer. Just shut the fuck up every day. Anyway. Solid advice. Uh, Pittsburgh Airport made the news this week because TSA has found 33 guns at the checkpoint so far in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. That strike was mostly for you being able to run these 33 stories on the lanes. It's crazy. It's spooky. Uh, So Pittsburgh is allegedly on pace to set a new record nationwide for guns picked up at the checkpoint. And I'm just saying 33, really? That's the record? Come on. (laughs) Those are rookie numbers, man. Rookie numbers. But you got the headline because it's the magic number. But this also triggered in my memory a story that I had brought to Bull after Bull 219. Mm. Because they said that 33 guns were seized at Florida airports, but that's all of Florida, not one specific airport. Gotcha. So Pittsburgh's just stepping up. So it is kind of a high... I mean, you'd have to be either pretty desperate or stupid to bring a gun to the airport without knowing what to do. You know, like, you can you can do that flying to and from certain places if you follow the right procedures and everything's checked and whatever. Right, there's a protocol, buddy. You, you would just... I don't know. It's crazy. It is. It's just stupid. Yes. Flying at all is stupid. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to live. Drive. Don't leave America. Just kidding. I don't know. Yeah. If you can, definitely. Get a pilot's license. That's the best case scenario. And your own plane. And fuck it. Build an airstrip, too, while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, go crazy. Yep. Kind of like this next lady. Uh, she flew into the Minnesota airport. She's an Iowan, and she visited Kenya. And U.S. Customs, they picked her for the random luggage search. Oh, I hate those. And you know what they found? What did they find? A box of giraffe shit. (laughs) I shit you not. (laughs) Giraffe feces in a box. Okay. And she actually uh, had declared it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I guess if you want to bring poop into America through the airlines, There's the a commercial process, airlines, sure. you have to get a permit and do an inspection. <laughs> and she didn't do those steps. I see. So she's not facing any sanctions because she did declare it. And when they caught her and were like, hey, you can't have this. You didn't go. You didn't follow proto, buddy. Hey, lady, taking- is, this, is this poop? You got your poop permit? And she was like, yeah, that's giraffe poop. Instead of being like, I don't know what you're talking about, poop. <laughs> she just gave it to customs. You know, she was like, okay. you." C- yeah, it's a shitty su- realize- souvenir anyway. Yeah, seriously. I didn't know that there were more steps to the process. So go ahead and take it. I'm not going to put up a fight. Yeah, and, it seems uh, reasonable. I wouldn't. I try not to be the kind of guy that holds on to shit, you know? You will be relieved to find out that the TSA has agricultural specialists who knew exactly how to destroy the poop so that no one got <laughs> injured or sick or maimed or hurt by the giraffe poop. Did you flush it down the turlet? That's what turlets is for poop. Dude. I, Good God. I was wondering why We live bring, in a society. Why would someone box up giraffe poop? I guess that she makes jewelry out of wild animal poop. Oh, neat. Namely... Moose poop. Yeah, it's a real thing. Incredible. And there's some, you like dehydrate it and check out my Etsy store and glaze it. It, Yeah, I didn't realize it was an industry. I thought for sure, okay, I'll find exactly who this woman is when I look up moose poop jewelry. Rongo bongo. Oh, God, there are, it's a thing. Hundreds of thousands of animal shit artists out there. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, clay's expensive these days. Mmm. Mmm. But the chemicals and the dehydrators and ugh. And also the poop. It is poop. What's up with that? I blame the turd emoji. Ruined everything. Started it all. Should have been a chocolate swirl. No, of course. Gotta talk about poop. Poop. There it is. (laughs) Okay, okay. Moving along. Oh my god, you're killing me. To a much better subject. Uh, (laughs) Kansas City. Just had the American Royal World Series of Barbecue in town. Yeah. And, you know, this is the place. Yeah. So there was a husband and wife team with their teenage son. And his nickname, by the way, is The Wolf, which is pretty cool. Oh, woo. Like American Wolf. Uh, they run a little operation called Janky Leg Barbecue. And they finished fifth out of 500 contestants. So they were elated. They got a check for little over 1200 bucks. Nice. Totally worth their time and entry. Totally. Their friend, David Ellis of Machete Boys Barbecue, was crowned the grand champion, which comes with a $15,000 check. Pretty cool. Yeah. But last Thursday, mm-hmm. they were contacted by the Kansas City Barbecue Society, who decided to audit the four meat categories and found that the results had been tabulated inaccurately. Oh, no. Some Steve Harvey type shit went down? Some Steve Harvey type shit did indeed go down. Incredible. In Kansas City. I can't hardly scarcely believe it. Pulled a little Kansas City shuffle on him, I think. Oh, no. And the husband and wife team actually won first place. Very cool. Them and their little wolf cub. So they're going to get the $15,000 check. I don't know if they're nearly a man now. Tell their friend, hey, uh, you got to give that check back. Hey. Not yours. I hope you haven't bought the boat yet because. Uh, Stolen we're, Valor. We're coming for that money. 
that wow. sucks. That's fucked up, and it sucks. Yeah, and, um, man. It should be like uh, deals in place, you know? Like, you think that somebody would audit it sooner than however many days later? How would you say it was? Uh, I think it was like, let's see, if it happened on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, five days. Ugh, that's too long. Week. It's too long. Yeah. Should tabulate the results and then send it to the audit and then get the audit back right. and then announce the winner. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right? Steps should be followed. That's, I just, uh, just one wolf's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Fuck do I know. So the the couple is actually pretty pissed off. I mean, not just for their friend, who they were elated for also, because sure. you won first, and now yeah, you're happy disappointed. with your buddy, and now it's awkward, because you know each other, and you're like, oh, well, now we got all this fucking but money. And They're also bummed that they didn't get the accolades. Oh, it was on Sunday, so four days later. Okay. Uh, they didn't get the accolades, you know, being on the stage, being able to shake hands and talk to all the people there, yeah, all the barbecue players. You can't just do a do-over when the event is over. Exactly. You just publish the headline and give you a check. That's kind of, ugh. It sucks. Yeah. Just get it right. Come on. It's not that hard to get it right. If you're going to do an audit, do it before the announcement or else just don't do the audit. Right. The announcement becomes canon law once it's fucking done. Boom. Even if it's fucked up. Even if it's tabulated wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. Look at the White House. Case in point, my man. Yeah, you're supposed to measure twice, cut once. Bingo. add your numbers together twice. Make sure you come up with the same result both times. Yeah. Check your work and then announce it. Yeah. But this couple is entered in 45 barbecue competitions this year. So, you know, they'll be seeing people around. I thought I was busy. Ah, I know. Yeah, they'll win another. What a fun trek that would be across the states. Definitely. Like, they're they're in Illinois right now when they got the news. Man, I'm... And their kiddos with them. It's like, yeah. And they're cooking all the time, 45 times. Four different types of meat for each competition. That's the life. Kick ass. Taking the smoker on the road. I'm smoking this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Me too. And teaching your dad a little bit. Yeah. Which he's very excited about. And I'm excited for him. Okay. And more Halloween-y news. So fire department started getting calls in upstate New York that this house was on fire. They show up. And guess what? Uh, chicken butt. It was just really good Halloween decoration. Oh, this like, always it every year. Yeah. In in fact, I feel like it's the same house every year. <laughs> it could be. Like is it's a just, guy hanging off a gutter or something? Well, this one is, they have these fake flames, which are actually just LED lights and a box fan and fog machine. Sure. And there's like a, a blanket in the window, or, you know, like a white sheet so that the orange and red lights or shaking in the fans shaking the sheets. I'm not doing a good job describing this. Sheet shaker. It looks like the house is on fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's a motion LED light that looks like fire. And then the fog machine makes it look like it's smoking too. So sure. you know, a lot going on there. Realistic. But you might check in with the neighbors first be like, oh shit, I maybe I can do something about it. And then be like, oh shit, they open the door and there's nothing going on. It's Halloween. Halloween strikes again. Yeah. I want to take a moment here and note that there has been a surprising lack of Halloween decorations in our city. Yeah. I'm bummed about it. I know. We, we've been planning to put ours out, too. We'll get them out. <laughs> we'll get them out. Yeah. I know. But come on the rest of the city. Well, we got to show them how it's done, man. That's a lot of coming. We got <laughs> to lead by example. Yes, I agree. The whole city's going to come, you know, like we got to start coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come. And my final story for the lanes this week. Is that a Brazil? Okay. A hot place 
in the bowl it's on been, this very night. It's been mentioned. And this woman was walking through a city market with her friend when she was stopped by an elderly woman who said, uh, can I read your palm? And the girl said, sure. I think she was in her early 30s. I'm not going to speculate. Wasn't 33. <laughs> so oh, darn. the old lady takes her hand and starts examining her palm and gets kind of a concerned look on her face and says, you only have a few days to live. <laughs> oh, no. And the girl's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. You don't want to hear that, though. Mm -mm. You know, that's a day ruiner. It's not nice to do to someone. So the lady says, well, here, and gives, pulls a piece of candy out of her pocket, <laughs> all wrapped up, chocolate, and is just like, take this as a parting gift. So the girl is like, oh, I'm pretty hungry, eats the chocolate. A couple hours later, she's texting her family saying, man, I really don't feel good. I am dizzy. I'm vomiting. Now I've got blurred vision. You know, she's updating them as the shit's getting worse. And her family's like, okay, maybe we should take you to the doctor. She had recently had a case of gastritis and stomach ulcers. So these symptoms weren't really that out of line sure. with what she was already dealing with. And uh, someone got her, took her to the hospital where her nose started bleeding. Oh, Jesus. And shit just got way worse. She did not wake up the next morning. She died. And then the autopsy came out and revealed that she had high concentrations of two different pesticides in her system. Oh, my God. Which are both very prevalent with poisoning cases in Brazil. So they think that this old woman gave her poison candy. Yeah. And they're just trying to figure out if she was hired to kill the girl. Or what? You know, just, oh, I'm going to randomly kill someone today. Three days to live. I mean, you got to, when you make a prediction like that, you can't let it not come true, I guess. I, bad, bad for business in the, in the but it wasn't palm a, reading business. It wasn't a business. You know, this girl was a mark to her. Like, she went up to the girl and offered the palm reading. She didn't take money for it or anything. Yeah, that's a little weird. It man. makes her seem like a mark of some kind. But yeah. Just saying, you know, if you make it all the way to 30-something years old and then you take candy from strangers, like, that's fucking... Four-year-old lesson, man. Mm. You don't take candy from strangers, homie. Unless it's Halloween and you go to their house, right? I don't know, man. Yeah, you don't well, get in cars you know. with strangers either, but we have apps that do exactly that. <laughs> Those are from reputable companies like the Mars Corporation. <laughs> Sick, sad world. No, man, I get your point. Here's an extra gutter ball for how fucked everything is. Sick, sad world. And she was a mom, too. And she leaves behind a nine-year-old daughter with special needs. I hope that she so. taught her nine-year-old daughter not to take candy from strangers. I but hope so, too. Maybe that was her last lesson. It's <sighs> sure going to change things, that's for sure. For oh, her. Oh, man, that sucks. It does. Man, this is a, kind of a gloomy little lanes today. Yeah. And I uh, hear thunder cracking like crazy outside. Mm -hmm. We should probably get out of the bowl and save this show before we something bad happens. That's what I say. I think that's a good idea. One last knock on the wood before we part ways. Holy moly. What a bowl. Lots went down. We need some time to process. I'm sure you're feeling the same way, bowlers. We will be back at it in a week's time. Next Tuesday and every other Tuesday. Straight down the line on your calendar, right? All the Tuesday nights. That's when we'll be here. 9 p.m. 
Central Standard is when we take over. Central Daylight right now, I suppose. From DH Unplugged on the NA stream. And of course, streaming 24-7 at stream.bullafterbowl.com. We got old Bulls with Buds episodes. We tune into other live shows in our circle, etc. Also, you can catch the next Homegrown Hits on Lorian's birthday. Yeah, that's right. This Thursday, 7 p.m. Central on the Bull After Bowl stream. You won't want to miss that one. Uh, until then, you can count on me to remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be your adorable Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. She's like literally thrusting her hips up into the air yeah. and you see her her camel toe. In New York! Try a taste. Guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. Appreciate the help, Bowler. Yeah. Are you kidding right now? No matter what I say, it draws controversy. His ends very well. I, I told him last night that he had to come. I'm gonna come. Bowl after bowl. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl.com.